All right. <laughs> we are finally live. <laughs> Apologies. All right. We gotta, King. <laughs> we gotta take some uh, take care of business first. So I am Barry Eversley, aka Lord Cognito of the Iron Lords Podcast. And this is also part of the uh, Lords of Gaming ne Lords of Gaming Network. And this is my PAX E submission for 2019. My name's Arliss James Lewis. Uh, I'm uh, aka Lord Addict, part of the Iron Lords podcast, as well as the Lords gaming network i, th I think <laughs> we definitely butchered that uh and this is my packs uh my submission to packs east there we go see i did there we it. go we're getting it we're 2019 getting it. i forgot the year mm -hmm. <laughs> my name is brian anduhar aka lord sovereign of the iron lords podcast and also a member of the lords of gaming network and this is my submission for packs east 2019. ah yes my turn <laughs> david johnson aka Lord King David of Iron Lords Podcast, also of Lords of Gaming Network. <laughs> this is my submission for PAX 2019. We all butchered it. All right, yeah, that's what I got to get. get <laughs> I don't know about uh, y'all, but you know, I did. <laughs> hey, you, you smooth, you smooth. All right, let's get back to business. They hear about their life. They hear about their camera. Like we, when they tell us what to say, we can't see it. <laughs> bye, y'all. Bye. Bye, y'all. They go to fraud. Yo, yo, hey, back hey, to frauding. Hey, back to frauding. There they go. There they go. <laughs> oh, man. Let me get the tweet out. Jesus, this we a mess today. <laughs> All right. Oh, tweets out. Frauds. <laughs> and we are live. All right. Welcome to the Iron Lords Podcast episode 94 and it's another glorious sunday we are back at the round table on the lord's day well i was extremely excited about our special guest hopefully he can make it in progress but uh we've got the bungee and activision split division two and the epic store ces wrap up and ranking the success of the playstation 4 and spider-man to discuss so we gonna get right into it so let's introduce the four horsemen of gaming those usual suspects here at the round table is my co-host still with us? Because <laughs> he may be going too. He's still he, no, he's 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 blocked out right there. He's in the bushes. He's on mute. Yeah. All right, but let's do his intro anyway. My co-host with the co-most, my brother from another mother, the difficult game conqueror, and the how of the young wolf. My man, operating on one percent power, Lord Addict. How are you doing, sir? He's not no, doing well at all. I'm doing fine today. You know me, Gene. Let me tell you something, Gene. Because he's looking like Axel Jim Duggan right now. Let me tell you something, Gene. Oh, hold on. Look we got, we got. Let's go. Hold on, hold on, Lords. I just got that the, uh, Raven was sent to me. Lord Maka is coming in five minutes. Ooh, no, okay. no doubt. But we're going to still do our intros. And of course, we have our most technical gaming lord. The solo gamer who lives for the single player selfish experience, and also the Sostradamus, Mr. Offline Profile Illuminati, and Lord Patreon of the Iron Bank, my man, Lord Sovereign. How you doing, sir? I'm good, Ch chilling, man. Doing very well. I'm the uh, Lord Fraud. Yeah, <laughs> Lord I'm always frauding, baby. That's it. That's that's all you get from me. <laughs> Yo, this, this is another week. This man has not played me in this game that I download <laughs> that I forced to I was forced to like. I like this game actually. And this is yo, it's like being left at the altar. You understand? We got dressed yeah, up, we was ready to get married and all this. And this not dude my mind. out of town on me, man. Like I'm standing I'm there holding feet. I'm like, what the deal? 
you're, you're absolutely right. I, I don't take anything away from you. Shut up, bro. The only thing I played, the only thing I played this week was that Resident Evil 2 demo. Brother, brother. Oh, Let's man. talk about, talk that, about that. Yeah, tell me about that Let's demo. Let's talk bro. about that demo. So mm-hmm. I played it three times because I went and played it on PSN, Xbox, and on PC. <laughs> so mm-hmm. every time I got a little further because I knew mo- what was in front of me. Mm-hmm. Yo, that game. Uh, it's just the fact they got back, just like Resident Evil 7 did, they got mm-hmm. back to real survival horror. Mm-hmm. When you're walking through this very tight corridor, there's no light around you, only a flashlight, mm-hmm. and zombies come out at you. And then the thing about it is, it's they come out at you and a you can't ever be sure how many shots is going to take somebody down ever right so you have to either choose to fight or run which is real that 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 is survival horror you know be murdering everybody um and just the fact that you have to like when it comes to aiming and stuff like that Mm-hmm. If you're not stationary, your shots yeah. don't do any of damage. It's funny you said that, Soft, because I, I'm so used to like aim assist in Resident yeah. Evil, and mm-hmm. I'm like, why am I missing so many yeah. shots? <laughs> you, you, you'll, miss, you'll shoot right past the like the sliver of his head, right past his ear. Yeah. Yeah. I shot a dude ear off one time, mm-hmm. um, like by shooting the hit detection on the head is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also noticed this, right? And I think it's probably intentional that the pistol. Is made to feel weak. Yeah. Yes. Right. Like, like you not you don't feel secure with it. Like normally in games when you get a pistol, and it's, a, it's a zombie game. Mm-hmm. I got these dudes. Like, right. and I got the pistol. They gave me plenty of ammo. I found plenty of ammo. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yo, they give me a lot. I'm gonna make it real far. You no, know, when it takes ten shots to drop a zombie, <laughs> yeah. you hit him in the shoulder and you tearing up all parts of his face until you can splat that head. Sometimes it's one shot for the head. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's like four shots for the head. Mm-hmm. Um, depending on if you can crack that cranium. Mm-hmm. But, um, Yo, but the thing is that that doesn't necessarily ensure the kill either. Even I, I blew somebody's head up and I, he, he was laid out and I'm like, okay, he's done. Mm-hmm. I went into a room, mm-hmm. came back and he was there ready for me. I'm like, wait, he was respawned? No, it was wow. the same dude. With he the head off? He wasn't completely headless, but the top of his head was gone. Uh-huh. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Wow. <laughs> it's funny you said that because I had the same issue. Like I would body somebody, you empty the clip. And then you walk past, you think it's good money, and then they're still coming. Mm-hmm. They have extra level attention to the situation. So I'm, I'm with you on that. Big time. Like shot also, to the head is not guaranteed. I also mm-hmm. got a question. Like, mm-hmm. um, has anybody got the hack out? Because it seems mm-hmm. like the whole game is there if you just keep going past that 30 minutes. I heard no, I heard that what they did, they managed to not do that. They 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 set a cutoff point for the demo. Right. Oh, okay. So if once you play it like whatever two or three times, and you know what to do, and you run through it, and you actually finish the content of the demo, yeah, it's gonna shut you down regardless. Oh, so yeah, I I don't think it's in there. <laughs> I'm still. I want to know if somebody found out the fraud way. Hey, this fraud way. But I have to, I love I have to say, oh hey, what's up? <laughs> So happy, man! I am so happy you made it, man. Thank you. My so apologies. Much, I uh, my alarm just didn't go off. I don't know. I, I literally woke up like forty seconds ago. It's great. No worries, man. No worries. So happy to have you, man. So being that you're in the realm, it's only right we give Lord Maka that proper introduction, like the lords do. Are you ready, sir? I am very excited for this. All right, here we go. I want to introduce a lord who I've had the pleasure of meeting in the flesh on two separate occasions, while at E3 2017 and 2018. 
Not only does this law set the gold standard when it comes to detailed game guides, tutorials, and achievement hunting, but also utilizes a clear and concise teaching style while remaining a positive ambassador to our gaming community. Introducing the creator and host <laughs> of the Maka 91 Productions YouTube channel, the Lord of all collectible guides and reviews, and one of the very few lords to survive Scale Electrics, Ben Hur, and Barbie Puppy Rescue for the Gamer Score and Trophy Community. <laughs> Live from the six and making his debut into the realm of the lords. My man, Lord Patrick Maka. How are you doing, sir? Wow, what, what an introduction. Thank you so much. Incredible. Right, well round of applause deserved. for you there. Oh, thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Well deserved. You are a lord in your right. It's only right we show you the proper respect here at the round table. Huge fan of yours, and it's a pleasure to have you in the realm. How you doing, man? Great. I'm doing fine. That uh, that introduction, I don't know. It's, it's going <laughs> to set the tone for the show for sure. <laughs> we set the tone, man. We set the tone. So we literally, you just read us in progress. We get we're up to Lord Sov. We're doing his intro, and you were talking about the Resident Evil 2 demo. Did you get a chance to play that? A little bit? I played it yesterday. Mm -hmm. I decided I got a new computer, so I decided to kind of test out the, the new hardware and run it on there. Mm -hmm. Put everything up to Mac. Oh, man, that's a demo if I've ever played Ooh! one. Yeah, it's great. Oh. It's fantastic. Spectacular, man. So have you got any other comments on it? As we yeah, I mean, I, at first I thought I was going to be really pissed off with the 30-minute time limit and the fact you can only play it once. Again, but you can get around mm -hmm. that if you have multiple accounts and stuff like that and, and different systems. Mm -hmm. But I think it, it's you get just enough mm -hmm. keep to, to have your mouth watering for the next two weeks. Like, it yeah. really is. There's so much... It feels like there's so much. So, more, so much you know what I think? I think mm -hmm. only that demo would have got away with that. Like mm -hmm. only that game, because they knew the product was supreme, yeah. mm -hmm. and they knew. Yeah, like, let's just true. give them a taste of this. That's true. That's yeah, true. and and because let me tell you something, I couldn't hit uh pre-order fast mm -hmm. enough. <laughs> I, I couldn't hit that fast enough. I looked at my backlog. You all that fraud stuff that I said last week. I ain't yeah. playing no game. Ain't gonna wait. To but you know what it is, King? I just want to jump in real quick. It also, I like the segments where you go from action and then you go into a dark segment and he pulls the camera out. It yeah. really gets you into that tension atmosphere. And I'm like, man, this thing is, it still got it, man. My daughter, my daughter saw uh the zombie mouth you know when you get to the part and you like you open the zombie mouth and his mouth like uh, and it's like, like splash <laughs> at the side and my daughter said <laughs> and, and like ran out the room i was like oh this this is really good guy almost throwing up I'm like, <laughs> i like the fact he was dropping f-bombs i was like oh let's go yeah. and, and, and and like you said like it's not like a remaster just a it, like they really reimagined yeah you know, why did why the black dude was super ashy though he was really <laughs> he needed a transfusion <laughs> i like lotion, i like what bro. he told you I, he's like when you see one of them don't you hesitate yeah. I like that. even if, yeah, exactly. but he wasn't looking at you like I'm like, why does he look like he displaced though? Like, yeah. <laughs> I, said, I said the demo fine, but my man is ashy as hell. Right when I finally got the knife, I tried to freak it like I did in Resident Evil Four, right? Because no, Resident Evil Four, right. what you would do is just you pop him in the kneecap, drop him, hit it, drop, then kick him or hit him with the knife, and mm -hmm. then you can pretty much spam them. Yeah. No, that does not work here. That, yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> not at all, not at all. So anyway, so uh, we of course that's all you've been playing us off. That's just been Resident Evil. 
That's pretty much it. Oh, yeah, I downloaded uh, Outrun for the Switch. That nice. was nice. <laughs> little throwback. Nice. All right. And of course, we have the Incredible Hulk of this, aka the Excess Gamer. Ooh. The Lord of Combat Sports, who is a man of his convictions, demands nothing less than that premium experience. It is the leader of the fraud alert movement. Ooh. Beloved Lord King, how you doing, sir? Um, this week, the level of how can I say like information? Because it was a it was a point where we was picking out our topics for the show, guys. Mm -hmm. And we're literally got our topics. And I, I said a fraud topic, and I was like, I don't know how the success of the Switch is doing with no true exclusive. <laughs> I was just messing <laughs> with, the, with the chat. And then, I think it was like Thursday, we got bomb after bomb after oh, bomb. News. News. Mm -hmm. And I, I love that part. I love when there's so much to pick and choose from. That the content of the community, you can always find something else in somebody else's channel on a topic that you're not gonna do. So you can just run over to Ryan's channel, or you can run over to Dealer's channel, or you can run over to Brad's channel, you can run over to anybody's channel and get a wealth of information. So it's enough to go around. So you're not getting regurgitated stuff by mm -hmm. going to other people's channel. Mm -hmm. I I love that part because I was anticipating looking at how the community dissects all this new information. Correct. Now, now with that being said, mm -hmm. I played this week um, back on Destiny mm -hmm. uh, because of the new um, lab was open up, the new armory was open up, mm -hmm. and uh, trying to do the quest line. I think that's for the last word or something like that. Mm -hmm. What we're trying to do. Mm -hmm. um, I finished the Tomb Raider. Oh wow! How did you? How did you like it? How did you like it, brother? I, I'm I, I'm gonna have to boycott uh, award shows. Mm -hmm. Because what? if okay, let, and let me explain, right? Mm -hmm. Award shows focus and highlight games that are already in the know, that are already there, that mm -hmm. you know should get achievements um for the excellence. Mm -hmm. But then there's other games that are equally as excellent in mm -hmm. that in, in that space. Because mm -hmm. I hold on, slow mo, slow mo, giving you the side eye in the chat. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> If you if you're not a Tomb Raider fan, then it's not going to go with you. Okay. Like it's not going to resonate with you. I'm a Tomb Raider fan. I've been playing Tomb Raider since it since its inception. Like mm -hmm. every iteration of Tomb Raider I've purchased, I've played. Some mm -hmm. has been up, some has been down. But these mm -hmm. the the last remakes on them, I've been mm -hmm. along with it. Uh, I think they're taking it into a, a nice space. I'm loving to, to see Laura grow into the woman that she is going to be later. Because remember, we got a finished polish. Laura back on the PlayStation was mm -hmm. doing this thing in the beginning, and this Laura is her learning to be that Laura that we had already. Mm -hmm. And nice. it's so beautiful. And the 4K, I'm mm -hmm. like, man, this game. But for it not to get any any type awards, of awards, yeah, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough, King. It is tough, man. It, it was such a good year, you know. Yeah. But I hear what you're saying. It's like to not get nominated. You know how I feel about Destiny yeah. music. So I'm I'm with you on these type of such these subjects. But I yeah. feel, it. I feel. And it. then okay, so Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm in the, the the stages of you know how you play a game. You're waiting for the hook to get into you. Like uh, like I go in and I start to fall asleep playing it, and I'm like. Okay, mm -hmm. I wait for the hook to come. I go mm -hmm. to the next spot and I, I start it up. So hopefully this week I can get that done. Played a lot of indie games. And I mm -hmm. played the Resident Evil mm -hmm. um, demo. Mm -hmm. And it was it was love. It's 
it it made me after I finished the demo, I had so much Resident Evil thirst. I yes. went back and played the remake of the first one. Wow. Yeah, I downloaded that again. I need to get wow. my you guys got the fever. That's good. Yeah, I downloaded four and that in the nice. in the, the remake because I, I need my fix. Yes. <laughs> but the, the 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 clunky see, uh, hold on. The controls of Resident Evil 2. Mm -hmm. The controls is spot on perfect. It's, it yep. feels like a, a to date game. Like right now, it feels like this game was made now. The reimagine is beautiful. Mm -hmm. I went and played that part one with the tank controls. Yeah. <laughs> bro, bro, I was like, come on, man. You're taking me out of the experience there. Like, I, I, I don't I, I don't feel confident with this. Don't quote me on this, but check. I think they do have a modern uh, control option for the for the remake. I think mm. so. Um, Maka, did you mess around with the controls much, or how did you feel about that? I tried to play on PC, and I'm not a PC player, so it was mm -hmm. very interesting learning. Mm -hmm. They were just clunky enough that I mm -hmm. thought it was because I don't play normally on PC. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was thinking about plugging in a controller, but I didn't want to waste my time limit either. Yeah, yeah. So I just decided oh. to truck along. Uh -huh. what, what stood out to me was the like. I was a huge fan of like the classic game design of like here's a door and there's a clover on it. Get the clover key to open the clover door, dummy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that was that's what I like. Is the simple like the simple, simple design door. of clover key goes to clover door. <laughs> I don't have to like read a document about who owns this door and then go find that dude's body on the ground and then read through his personal journal to make sure it's him and like, double check the name tag to make sure it goes in the I'm right door. I'm with you, man. Sometimes it's that simplicity that gave us that joy. You know, back yep. in the day, it gave so with you. Go ahead, King. I'm, I'm sorry for cutting you. No, no. I'm, <laughs> listen, I, I'm, I'm done talking about what I played for the week. I'm just happy that everybody... It, it's, it's, it's telling when everybody that you run across or everybody that's on your friends list either heard about the demo to, to download it, to play it, or has played it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a game that's going to probably have a 90% sell-through in the community. I, yeah. I, those numbers should be really high. I think it's going to do well. I agree. Cool, man. So that's it. You've been playing a lot. It's good. So, uh, and of course, we have the Lord of the Cooperative Experience and Gaming Ninja himself, the Shinobi, Lord Cognito. Spreading that realness in the realm of the ILP. Not telling you what you want to hear, but what you need to hear. So you guys pretty much uh, nailed it. I mean, same thing. Resident Evil 2 demo. Fantastic, man. It really brought the feels back. Loving the tension. Loving the scary. It's a completely reimagined game. I didn't think I would be as excited as I was about it, to be honest. You know what I'm saying? So I was happy. You know, they did what they did. Did a, I did a little bit of the Destiny Forges as well. And obviously, we're going to talk about a lot of Destiny today. <laughs> but uh, so now that we've gotten into what the Lords have been playing, I want to start off with Lord Maka. His Yo. video game system history, his journey to YouTube, and what eventually led him to become one of the best collectible guide and content creators in the game. So let's start from the beginning, Lord Maka. What were some of the first video game systems you had and what got you into gaming? Yeah, so I remember like growing up, I had a, f I didn't have it, but my friend had an N64. And back in those days, if your friend had a system, you basically had it too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I'd be at his house like, I don't know, three, four times a week playing uh, N64. We'd play a lot of GoldenEye. We'd play a lot of Mario Kart. Uh, Diddy Kong Racing was uh, probably the game I played the most, like mm -hmm. as a young, young kid. Nice. 
And then going into like my six, seven, eight years old ages, mm -hmm. uh, we got a computer and mm -hmm. my parents found it appropriate that I could play Doom and Duke Nukem. Woo! So salute to the parents on that one. Yeah, I, I, uh, I took that and ran with it and played a lot of those games. <laughs> and then eventually I got my own N64. I got uh, <coughs> addicted to like Diddy Kong. Nice. Then I got a Dreamcast. That was one of the few people. One of, oh, one of the eight people. No, nah, no, nah, no. We, we got to put respect on Dreamcast. I got to back oh, I love the system. Yeah. I got to back you up one time on 64. Now, what about, I don't know, maybe you weren't into wrestling at that time. Did you at least try the, the, the wrestling games of the 64, Marco? I remember them existing. I don't remember if I played them or just like <sighs> nah. saw them at the store. Listen, he wouldn't know if he played them. He would know Black Mouth. So he would know if he played them. No, that was the GameCube. GameCube had the problem with the Black Member. It was 64 was the Aki wrestling games. Oh, okay, no so mercy. 64 was good. It was, yeah. it was GameCube. Yeah, yeah. The GameCube yeah. wrestling you didn't like. Yeah, they had the Black Mouth. Yeah, right? they open their mouth. And they, like, we call it Black Mouth Monster, so they open their mouth. And like it's like they're soulless. There's no soul in their mouth. That's <laughs> <laughs> a void. Yeah, yeah, that's what that's we exactly call it. Affectionately like. call it Black Mouth. Void okay. mouth. Yeah. Exactly. So then you got, so then you went, to the iconic dream cast. Yeah, Power that. Stone. Whoa! I got blitzers oh, yes. on my fingers from that. NFL Blitz. Mm. I smashing the buttons so hard. Uh, mm. Crazy Taxi. What? Always got to pay oh, homage to Crazy I Taxi. Crazy Taxi. That was my game. Yeah. Get up. Yeah, you brought it four times on the Switch. Baby, <laughs> <laughs> baby, I did. <laughs> and uh, the Dream Class Classic that everyone lost hours on. The demo disc that came with the with the console. Yeah. You played a little bit of the fishing. You played a little bit of that like weird ass dolphin game. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> so. Yes, yo, let me tell you, Rich, shout out to uh, Stigger in the chat, original Next Level Gaming, said Maka knows his gaming Dreamcast for life. The Absolutely. Dreamcast was a crazy underrated console. I, I have only good things to say about it. I don't, mm -hmm. I, I honestly didn't even look into like some of the reasons it didn't do so well. I, oh, no. I so maybe it was ahead of its time because I remember mm -hmm. it having like online connection, but who was mm -hmm. online gaming in in early 2000 <laughs> yeah was it was it the modem back then too yeah, like yeah yeah you had, to, you had to get the whole setup you had to call your you know your local <laughs> city council and get approved and uh Absolutely, yeah nobody man. could pick up the phone inside the house because they hear aliens on the other line and i remember that time my mother picked up the phone when i was playing on my net link and she said, baby, it's aliens on the phone. Because it was like, bee -dee, bee -dee, bee -dee. I'm like, Ma, I'm playing online. She messed up my connection. I was playing on oh, what's that? What was Showtime? I was playing your, your boy. Showtime oh, yeah, yeah, on, Showtime. Uh, yeah, live. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Tremendously. So then you go from the Dreamcast. Now, did you, what did you transition after the Dreamcast? It's foggy. It's foggy, man. My childhood. Foggy. <laughs> it's all foggy, man. Foggy. <laughs> I remember having. Um, I don't. Th I skipped the PS One and PS Two. Mm -hmm. I had no. I had a PS Two, and I had an Xbox, a original Xbox that I got just for Halo. So I think mm -hmm. I went from Dreamcast to PS Two, but didn't really play it much. Maybe I just like you know lost a little bit of my love for the for games. I don't remember. Mm -hmm. And then I went into the OG Xbox because my friend showed me Halo Two, and I was like, oh snap. This is it, Chief. And uh, we played it nonstop. I uh, I learned to play inverted because he was playing inverted and he would pass through <laughs> the controller when he would die. Uh -huh. um, he was much, much better than me, but I was determined to get better than him. 
Uh-huh. Um, and I played Halo One on PC a bunch. I think mm-hmm. before that, maybe is is that that gap of time I forget. It maybe uh, Combat Evolved on PC mm-hmm. back the good old days. Nice, nice. So you you have you are a PC gamer kind of early. Mm-hmm. No, I had no. It's mm-hmm. maybe when I describe it, it sounds like it, but it mm-hmm. consists of like maybe three or three or six months of me as a kid playing Doom on PC, gotcha. and then me for like six months playing Halo on PC. Gotcha. Okay. Back in the day when like every Every computer ran every game and you didn't have to like have a graphics card and mm-hmm. have money to buy a computer. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, yes. So, so different from the current rig you have now. Let's yeah. Just so <laughs> back, it was, back in the day, I was playing like the Halo 1 on the PC like three years after everyone else was already done playing it, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but, but nonetheless, moved on to original Xbox, moved on to I had a GameCube for a while. I really enjoyed. I played a lot of like the Madden and the FIFAs mm-hmm. um, in the early 2000s. Nice. Then I transitioned to the 360, and then kind of never looked back. I've had like a PS4, and, a, and I have a Switch now, but I I don't play them much. No doubt, no doubt, man. Tremendous history, man. So uh, last IOP, we had some good friends to the realm, the Xbox Two, and of course Lord Rand, the man with the million games. Ooh. So I wanted to talk to Lord Maka about the achievement and trophy hunting mentality. Like, when did that aspect start for you? And then, like, how did that influence you to become one of the very best guide creators in the game? Yeah, like day one, I remember um, getting my 360, plugging it in. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, just like playing. I don't remember if it was Project Gotham or Perfect Dark or oh, no. Need for Speed Most Wanted. Uh, I think Need for Speed Most Wanted was the probably the first game that I really like completed just to get the achievements. Might have been a couple months after that. There was a game called Full Auto that came out the February mm-hmm. after. But um, I don't like. I, I don't know if I could tell you exactly what it was, but. Mm-hmm. I started unlocking these achievements. I saw that there was achievement lists. There was achievements I didn't really understand. So I went and I like Googled them like most people would. I stumbled across an achievement forum, uh-huh. made some friends in the community. And uh, yeah, it kind of just went from there. Like I slowly started making a name for myself, like writing text solutions on this website that evolved into some people making like walkthroughs that evolved into some people making videos that accompanied their walkthroughs and then i got a capture card and when i got my capture card i just wanted to show people my dope halo skills and and my guitar hero solo riffs so i I made videos doing that Uh i uh my first ever video was me like repairing my controller it's like me repairing it in one hand Mm -hmm. me shooting it with my my point and shoot camera in the other hand uh, my dog barking in the background all my, all my lights are turned off and it's the middle of the night so you can't see what's going on um but i just made a video to like help my friend fix his controller and and i put it up on youtube like just to share it with my friend and that kind of took off and started getting views wow and then i kind of i don't know everything just kind of evolved slowly but surely mm-hmm. i went to school and continued doing youtube as a hobby mm-hmm. and then uh, i came out of school i needed like a short break from from all that because i just completely uh engrossed myself in school mm-hmm. so i needed like a mental break started doing youtube more for in my free time and then it kind of just took off from there and i i don't know i've never really looked back yeah man you've been it's a tremendous story you literally transitioned to like one part of my next question and um who's got the, the snow thing going on in the back that's the watching well that's the um the boiler Oh, good. Right, okay. You know, it's with the time, baby. That boy is going to kick in. I'm going to mute myself right now. <laughs> nah, it's cool. That's good. I just, just try to figure it out. <laughs> but, um, yeah, man, so pri- like prior to meeting you in the flesh, I believe it was at FanFest 2017 I first met you. And then uh, recently, last year, at uh, Microsoft's press event. 
And I think the first time I came across your content was when we had the original Xbox One Snap feature. And we had the True Achievement app embedded. And I think I got stuck finding some collectibles on like Rise, Son of Rome. And like literally every collectible, it took me to one of your videos or how to obtain it. Yeah. <laughs> so how did you get that like partnership as far as like with the true achievements and getting them to kind of link that together? Because I thought that was really dope. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I I'm not really involved in any of that. What happened was there was mm -hmm. a, a website called Xbox360Achievements.org. Mm -hmm. uh, and a lot of those members mm -hmm. uh, were introduced to true achievements. So a lot of us kind of participated in both those communities at the same time mm -hmm. and true achievements is a big like selling point was the fact that they could like track your gamer tag like mm -hmm. through xbox live mm -hmm. whereas 360 achievements wouldn't do that because it's technically against xbox rules mm -hmm. um which is kind of the scary part i think a true achievements could literally get shut down at any point and wow. uh, uh i think i think <laughs> uh, but <laughs> xbox is doing Somebody this it's all <laughs> you clean that you see market clean that up he's like i think i think i'm not sure i'm not sure, I'm not sure. <laughs> so xbox is doing us a solid by keeping us keeping it up um but nonetheless it does, it, that doesn't matter um they could track all the achievements and and anyone could write any solution they wanted for any achievement so i started kind of writing solutions i started adding videos uh to my solutions and and it kind of took off where you know most of the videos i make that are related to anything to an achievement i try to get them up on that site but like me and them it's not like we're we haven't really talked much we're not best friends but we also aren't enemies in any you know they run their site i run my stuff uh you know we both kind of compliment each other they want the solutions on their their you know on their stuff i want to make my videos and, and post them somewhere so it, like yeah it's great it's great like a mutual respect yeah yeah, yeah. no I, yeah a true shoot is dope that's what's up, man. I like that. I like that. Yeah, man. So um, I got a two-part question. And um, this is now briefly, I want to talk briefly about the TXR days, only because that's how I came across you in the podcast genre. And as you already aware, like all the lords of TXR are very near and dear to my heart. So how did the whole process of TXR initially come together for you? That's part one. And then part two, you were recently bestowed the Xbox MVP award. And that was setting you up to like to join this amazing, incredible group of these community leaguers. So tell us both about those processes, the TXR thing and then the Xbox MVP. You really tested my foggy memory this morning. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, TXR, I, I don't remember exactly who even reached out. Um, mm -hmm. It was either South or Rand, and they just mm -hmm. asked if I wanted to kind of come on a, a show, and the timing had worked out where I, you know, I had the free time, so I was like, sure. Let's do it. I think I came on an episode like seven or eight. Mm. And uh, then they kind of just said, hey, do you want to come back again next week? And the week after that, I was like, sure. Um, and nice. so, we, so we just started doing it every week. Uh, we started getting guests invited and working towards that to do interviews. And, mm -hmm. you know, we, we just tried to put on the best show we could for everyone who watched Ooh, every week. Guys and, killed it. And we grew and we grew and grew. And, and eventually we reached like, you know, People were definitely watching. It was, it was, it was lovely. Absolutely, man. You guys, that I mean, I consider it one of the uh, all-star teams of of getting together in uh, for the Xbox community and just gaming in general. Very knowledgeable, learned a lot, man. Love that show. So I'm definitely glad that uh, at least we got a good run. You know what I mean? With you, yeah. No, uh, yeah. I'm very. I think the guys wanted to bring it back. Uh, I won't be participating, but like, I hope it goes great for them. I hope people love the show again. Absolutely. So let's talk about that uh, Xbox MVP award. How, yeah. how, 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 get into that. 
I don't know. Like I got nominated. Someone's, you know, someone decided to put my name in a hat and someone drew my name out of that hat, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, I got an email from <laughs> Xbox saying like, congrats, you won this award. Uh -huh. uh, or or we'd like to consider you for this award. Like, let us know what you do for the community. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, I explained like how I make videos. I explained how I, you know, put out tweets about about new features and and how I've worked with uh, Seagate, which is like a company that Xbox is close to with the hard drives, and just mm -hmm. kind of explain like my history um, with mm -hmm. Xbox. And and they decided that I should be awarded the award. So Ooh. it came it came in the mail. Like, and I get to go to to Redmond to to see the campus Ooh. in March. Yeah, it's pretty oh, dope. Wow, that's dope. That's yeah. Dope. Have you been to the campus, or is your first? Be your first time? I've been to Seattle. I've not been to the campus. No. Wow. Yeah, I'm trying to yeah. get. To, we're trying to get to go there this year, man. I, that's definitely on the bucket list. So I expect uh, pictures of the full report. <laughs> I, I'll do. I'll, I'll take pictures of what I'm allowed to take pictures of for sure. <laughs> no doubt, man. Salute, salute. I'm in there, I want you to look up at that that sign that says Anaconda Private. I want you to be right <laughs> in that room. Just peek in the folders. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt, no, no. I got a silly question for you. Oh, the science behind the uh, the maca name, the P ninety one, and who is that female voice that Googles all your intros, Lovaka? Yeah. <laughs> my name. Okay, first off, with my name, not that creative. My name is Patrick Maca. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Figure it out. It is. Surprisingly, I was born in, guessed it, 1991. Oh my God. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that story. It's real interesting. Um, it's real interesting. Uh, the, uh, the intro is uh, a long kept secret of the show. I kind of like the fact that no one really knows. There's a few people who like know, but they've been instructed not to say anything. It's a big secret. If you like really paid attention, you would have some hints. I don't have a sister. It's it's not my mom. <laughs> oh, okay, got it. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Yep. So, uh, I already know what it is. I already yeah. know what it is. Yep, yep. I don't know if you do. I think but, I uh, uh, it's it's uh, it's a secret, and I kind of want to keep it that way. No problem. But, uh, it's kind of it adds to the intrigue and the mystery, which I think we always lack a little bit of. Salute <laughs> with the intrigue and mystery. Maybe one day after an anaconda leak, we'll have a leak about the intro girl. All right, let's Ooh. do that. <laughs> Last question: the, the question I ask every guest in the realm, I need Lord Marcus top five video games or franchises of all time oh in in order <laughs> no not necessarily in order not necessarily all right whatever had the most impact to you as a gamer all right we'll start it off with the boring choice is tetris tetris is dope wow, tetris. i love tetris. Never have tetris on. i have no. played hundreds of hours of tetris mm. i arrange the blocks then i go to sleep and i dream of the blocks falling <laughs> <laughs> Tetris is uh Tetris like got me I wouldn't say it got me into gaming but I remember mm -hmm. distinctly like getting a Game Boy and the only game I had was Tetris mm -hmm. and it was like the best thing ever mm -hmm. um shooting it back to the Game Boy days uh mm -hmm. the Pokemon series on Game Boy like Pokemon Red the early ones Pokemon uh Yellow Pokemon uh mm. Sapphire and Ruby and, mm. and Silver and Gold uh so happy with you. hundreds of hours of each of those games okay so okay. Pokemon series on mobile Okay. Um, Halo three, or or if it's the series Ooh. Halo two and three. Nice. Uh, Halo two, Halo one got me addicted to Halo. Halo two mm -hmm. got me a little more, and then Halo three took over my life for like four years. Nice. Um, nice. so Halo three is definitely up there. Yeah. So we got Tetris, Pokemon, Halo. Two more. Hmm. It's a good question. Yeah, I don't I, know. I, I, um, it's a game. 
just for you that had the most impact? I'm going to look back on this moment and be like, how did you not say this? <laughs> when you come back, I, if you come back, I will definitely re remember this list. Shot of redemption. Okay, okay cool. Give you a chance to revise, but just on the spot. Too um, probably the trial series. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the little motorcycle Whoa. game. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, hundreds of hours of that. Um, I put too much time into that game for most people to consider like me to be sane. I go for golds and platinums on every track. I do all the experts, all the achievements every time they come out. Mm -hmm. um, it's a crazy addiction of mine, and actually one of the games I'm really looking forward to in February is Trials Rising. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I on your, uh, your, one of your videos. Yes. You're, uh, yeah, it's not launching at a great time. It has a lot of competition, to say the least. Mm -hmm. So it'll be interesting, but uh, I'm hoping all the best for it. They they seem to have done a really good job with this last one. Nice. And then, I don't know, I might just go with like a classic like uh, Grand Theft Auto. Like Ooh. San Andreas, Liberty City, Vice City Stories, uh, four and five. I mean, they're all great games, and and they all do so much, so many unique things. And it's hard not to give like Rockstar some credit for what they've done over the years, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. I want to say, man, shout out to Lil Mike. He's got one of the most unique lists. I think I normally people fall. Not saying there's anything wrong with it, but most people fall into the Zelda, the Mario's, that kind of thing. Yeah. I never grew up playing those. I mean, Super Mario 64 was like a huge game for me, but I don't know. It, it's it's not a game when I think about like my the moments of my life or like, you know, what really got me. I, I just never, my brain never goes to Mario for some reason. And I think you're first also to put GTA on, which is dope. That's, that's well, if you look at his video game history, uh, it was unconventional through, I mean, he had conventional systems, mm -hmm. but you know, the, the, the spots that he was playing and the stuff that he was doing was, uh, is very unique. So his list should be unique and it's like the best unique list that I've seen. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, man. All right, man. Great list. So we're going to get into the poll results. So last week's poll results are in. <laughs> <laughs> and people have spoken to the question when compiling all of the latest rumors regarding Microsoft's next generation approach with the Xbox Scarlet family of consoles. Do you think this multifaceted strategy will be too confusing to the casual gamer? The winner at 64% of the vote was the no. The Xbox One X and S proved that gamers understand different skews groups. Coming in at second place at 18% was the yes, 2013 all over again. Microsoft has not learned their lesson with messaging group. <laughs> also tied for second place at 18% was the buy the kind of don't want none if it ain't got games, hun. <laughs> Uh, too oh. easy. It's too easy. <laughs> you can't make that joke and be proud of yourself. <laughs> Very low hanging fruit. Was, <laughs> he was so proud of himself. <laughs> Enjoy his voice as he read that. <laughs> Shout out to all the lords who trolled and participated in last week's poll. So let's get we get it to solve, man. What do you think about this, man? So what do you think about this? I, I, I mean, it's listen, they have to, have to, have to, absolutely have to make sure this messaging is crystal clear because some idiot at GameStop or some idiot at Best Buy is not going to know what to tell. And I'm not saying all employees are idiots, but there are some yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who is not going to know how to convey this to the average consumer. 
Mm-hmm. And somebody's gonna go out there and purchase something they were not meaning oh, to purchase. Oh, you thinking GameStop is gonna still be alive uh, by 2020? Another combo, but I mean, again, it's it's just one of those things where the messaging has to be crystal clear. And if you're aiming to release multiple SKUs at the same time, that I mean, that's just that's a, a a tricky line to walk. So I hope they can, but it's not an unwarranted uh reason to be a, a little nervous. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Lord Baca, what do you feel about uh the whole messaging? Do you think? Yeah. yeah. I'll be the first one to say that messaging is Microsoft's uh downside. They almost they very rarely do they do it like 100%. Usually they're around the 80% mark, I would say on like hitting their messaging. Mm-hmm. Um and that's, you know, it's it's small stuff like people not understanding exactly what keyboard and mouse support means on Xbox. <laughs> Why am I going to play PUBG with mouse and keyboard, guys? I'm I'm going to quit Xbox. <laughs> and uh yeah, it's just like sometimes they get caught up in their own little like bubble and their own little atmosphere to the point where they think people already have assumptions about something. Mm-hmm. And then they just kind of explain to people what they're doing from that assumption. Mm-hmm. Oh, we assume that, you know, that we're going to keep it fair. Here's how most keyboard sports going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, they've, they've had a kind of a, a small problem with that for a while. Uh, it's definitely one of their, not their strong suits. Um, they do need a console in 2020, no doubt. And they're going to need to differentiate that console, no doubt. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the Xbox One X2 or, or whatever they call it. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so they're going to have to get the messaging right, mm-hmm. which is something they'll need to really focus on because they don't historically do it very well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm with you. It's very important. It's very key. Yeah. Based on what we've heard, you know, we're talking about different SKUs. You're talking about Scarlet. You're talking about Lockhart. You're talking about Anaconda. You know, possibly discless Xboxes and stuff like that. So the messaging has to be clear so people understand because we we do remember what happened in 2013 with the whole used game situation, and you know, people didn't really understand stuff. So they did they did do a good job with like the X, generally speaking. And I think most people understand how what the X, how the X is different from the S, and mm-hmm. and the benefits and and the non benefits and. Even if it's something as simple as, hey, if you have a 4K TV, mm-hmm. get the X. Like, mm-hmm. it's it has to be somewhat simple. The problem will be, like, when they have an S, an X, and an S2, and an X2, and a discless Xbox, yeah. and a Charlotte, it'll be, like, yeah. it won't be as simple as the X is for people who play in 4K. Mm-hmm. The X2 is for people who want the premium experience. Mm-hmm. The S is for the budget gamers. <laughs> Charlotte's for those who have a high-speed internet connection but also don't want to pay a lot of money. Like it that's the it's going to be the hard part is kind of categorizing like yep. Mm-hmm. Like like sectionizing people to have people know which one is made for them, you know? Absolutely. So, Absolutely. It'll be it'll be interesting nonetheless. Hopefully they do a good job. No doubt, no doubt, man. So we're gonna get into these topics. Actually, we have a new poll c- c- cooking up at the end, so stay tuned for that. But we're gonna get into these oh, topics. Cog. <laughs> you forgot something. Oh, my bad. You're right. I did forget. I apologize, Lords of the Iron Bank. I apologize. Lord Solve, the floor is yours. Thank you very much. What's up, guys? It's Patreon time. Um, as you may recall, at the beginning of December, I had said that we were going to make some changes to the Patreon. Um, and you guys know how we are. Like, we like to be upfront about everything, mm-hmm. everything. So I don't want to make any sort of changes and then people sort of be surprised by it. So um, just let me talk quickly about what some of the changes that are coming to the Patreon are. Mm-hmm. Um, the first thing is that we are going to be eliminating the bi-monthly game giveaway. 
Mm-hmm. And the reason for this, and like I said, we like we love to be upfront, <laughs> is that I, it came to the point where there was a lot more going out <coughs> coming in. <laughs> just being honest, um, so we had to make some adjustments there. But have no fear, we're still going to continue to do uh, game giveaways throughout the year through Gleam, and we're looking into other partnerships for game giveaways. So that will still be there. And one um, week left on our Kingdom Hearts giveaway. So get in there, y'all. Yeah, get in there, y'all. Get in there. No um, but. Mm-hmm. The stuff that's remaining with the $10 giveaway, the $20 giveaway, and of course the Teespring giveaway is still all in effect. Um, Beyond that, there's gonna be some movement in terms of things that are offered uh, per tier. Mm -hmm. Um, So basically when we put in all this stuff for for you guys to force us to play certain things and do certain things, it didn't really move the way we wanted it to. Like we want you guys to force us to do this stuff. (laughs) Listen, I would like to thank everyone who did not have me do the ghost pepper or the tattoo. Yeah, uh, we wanted the tattoo. We really did. We really <laughs> did. That one, I wanted <laughs> that one tip challenge. I really wanted that. Listen, they they wanted it so bad, and I am so happy and appreciative that you guys out there did not want that as well. So thank you. <laughs> Continue. Son. So so that actually those two tiers are probably gonna get removed because again I, mean, I don't it's, it's, King is in the clear. He lasted like a year with that, and nobody got him. So. Um, <laughs> But in terms of the tiers that we put down about playing online and stuff like that, playing uh, playing co-op stuff, um, Addict has yet to play Dream Daddy yet. So you guys got to press those buttons. More so now. We're going to do is going to bring those things down some tiers so that, uh, you know, anybody really like any, anybody who supports us at a, at a, a $2 tier, a $5 tier could get oh, in. No, we got some game. royalty in the chat. I believe that is the iconic Lord Mike, Mikey Barra. Thank you. Mike, Mike Barra. Barra. Quick himself. <laughs> hey, Mike. How you doing, man? <laughs> Continue. We'll finish. So, so yes, yeah, so we're going to bring some of those things down so you guys can have some fun. Please, please force us to do these things. We want you to do this. All right. So that that's what's coming down the pipeline. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that said, let's get into our thank yous. Yes, please. And our giveaways. Sure. So let's start out with Lord Javier Medina, a new Ooh. Patreon subscriber. Thank you so much, Lord Javier. For the support. Mm-hmm. Followed by Lord Corey Lydick, Lord Whiskey himself. <laughs> My man Whiskey. Nope. With Lord Fireball. Yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's an interesting uh, E3 story behind that one. Ooh, yeah. We won't do that on the- We will <laughs> not be talking about that, or about Maka, It's a funny one. I'll tell you all. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can assume. I can assume. <laughs> I continue. Followed by the PlayStation Bra. <laughs> Thank you, my brother. And then we have Lord Kareem H. Thank you for Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Lord Slow Mo Backslap. Oh, oh wow. my man, Slow Mo, baby. I love, you. I love his icon. It is the best. And you know, I don't think he can change it now because it never. is perfect. It's I absolutely perfect. He just made some spit flying from the mouth. actually in our Discord and he renamed it Lord Slow Mo of the Slap. <laughs> Continue. Then we have Lord Chris Williams, aka Fastback6768. I believe is in the chat today. Thank you. Yes, my man is always there. <laughs> um, followed by Lord Ahmed Hernandez. Thank you so much for the support. Yes. And then, of course, the Lord of X Cloud himself, Bill Stillwell. Thank oh, you. Oh, my man. Bill. To Bill Stillwell. He, he not only he's a good guy, he is an absolute 
hilarious follow on Twitter. Yeah, he Please, is. Lord of Platform team, and now Lord of hopefully the uh, Project X Cloud. Please follow this guy. He's a great guy. So fun. And can't wait to see these guys again at E3. Continue. <laughs> and we have Lord Twos. Ricky Moore, thank you so much for the support, my friend. Yes, sir. Thank you, Ricky. Followed by our first Patreon subscriber, Lord Michael Lugo Monkey. Uh, Monkey Punch. Always woman. first in our chat. Always first. Always, always first. Always, yes. Yeah, the first five. to kill you, too, in PUBG. Shoot you right in the back <laughs> of the head. <laughs> Continue. Followed by Lord Sammy Prescott, I believe also a fairly new Patreon subscriber. Yes. So thank you. Thank you so much for everything. Yes, sir. Brethren to the realm, Lord Jay Fonzarelli. Woo! My man, Johnny. Combat talk. <laughs> yes. And followed by the king of the stream team, Lord Snaldo. Yes, the PD. That's our guy, stream team lead. Next up is Brethren from the Cradle to the Grave, Lord Loaded Pixels. Yes, Camara, And of course, the man with every ILP color wave ever invented. You already know who it is. Lord Cat Daddy Fat Stacks. What's up, my man? Whatever, whatever. AKA Lord Sovereign Second Identity. Yes. And last but absolutely not least, Lord Death Singer. Oh, he's missing an action right now. I guess he's on. He's in there. He's in there. No, no, I'm talking about he know where he's supposed to. Me. Oh, okay. Be playing these games, but it's all right, though. No, 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 no. <laughs> continue, continue, son. All right, so let's go. Hogue, my man, Hogue. What Hogue is in here? Yes. Yes. Do we have a virtual lord of legality in the realm? <laughs> I don't know. Is it using this microphone? <laughs> <laughs> You're good. You're good. Lord Rick Hogue of Hogue Law. We are right on time, man. I'm just gonna we just finishing up some Patreon duties. We're gonna get right into this topic, man. So just hold your seatbelt, man. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, sir, for joining. So let's uh, finish this up. All right, let's finish this up. So we're mm -hmm. gonna get into our ten dollar gift card giveaway. Yes. All right. I would do the drum roll. Yeah, do the drum roll. Addict's not here. So Addict's not here. Yeah, right. yeah, <laughs> and the winner is... Mm -hmm. Here we go. Lord Chris Williams Fastback. Congratulations, Congratulations, my friend. Congratulations. <laughs> While we pay the bills. Thank you, sir. That's right. Go buy that uh, Game Pass. <laughs> <laughs> that one month of game pass, yeah. One dollar for your first month. Oh, there it is, baby. Gotta make you holler, baby. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> All right. So the winner of our twenty dollar gift card giveaway is Lord Cat Daddy. Oh my God! This, they're gonna say we're. This is collusion. Uh, they're gonna say collusion. That's collusion. <laughs> Cat Daddy getting that game pass, Nepotism baby. At its finest. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. All right. And last but certainly not least, the winner of our Teespring giveaway. And just to reiterate, guys, on Teespring, mm -hmm. I believe, don't quote me on this. I have to, I'm a little, uh, mm -hmm. Lost here. I think it's $25 or $35 max, something like that. Okay. Uh, but it, you don't necessarily have to get a t shirt, anything on Teespring. The only thing that 
probably is omitted from this is the hoodie, I believe. But everything okay, else, go get them leggings. You want yeah, leggings? You, 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 you want? Yo, listen, <laughs> when you post, I want you to post with your leggings on. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> Continue, Lord. Stop. All right, and the winner <laughs> of our Teespring giveaway for January 2019 is. <laughs> King of the stream team, Lord Snaldo. Snaldo, go get them leggings, baby. <laughs> very, very voluptuous. <laughs> yes, yes. Go get right. the red leggings to go with the red shirt. You're like, ooh. <laughs> and once again, thank you guys for all of the support. As I said, those changes will be forthcoming little by little. They'll be trickling down. I've got to change a lot of language on stuff and, mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But if they're definitely forthcoming. So so again, thank you so much for everything you guys do for us uh, week over week, month over month, which greatly appreciated. No doubt. Oh, Beatmasters in the chat, my man. Thank yeah, you, Beatmaster. Yo, we gonna thank get you. the Lord King. I gotta apologize. I'm no, no, I know, I know what you're gonna do, and it's fine. Um, I, I, I sidestepped the Hulk, man. I sidestepped. I appreciate you. Thank you, sir. We have we have Hogue in the building. And um, I definitely wanted to uh, address this. So obviously we know the biggest news right now, the hottest topic that Lord King picked is Bungie leaving Activision. And pretty much it was set a cataclysmic effect. It was a megaton this week. Everyone was going crazy. And my man, Lord Hogue, uh, put out one of the best, please subscribe to this man's channel, it's a Hogue Law. He put out virtual legality number 13. So, lucky number 13. Lucky number 13. Right on time, man. And you really broke down the legal aspect. So let's let's get into that aspect. I want to talk, Lord Hogue, about, you know, basically the structure of this terminated slash amended deal. And um, as far as Bungie's law is being able to retain ownership of the Destiny IP, which a lot of people were surprised about, as well as Activision kind of, you know, they're being allowed that clean break between both parties. So uh, let's talk about this whole, just the, the event itself. What was your initial reaction? And then, you know, the legal aspect, if you can. Sure. Well, I mean, I think, uh, and I do apologize for my voice. I think uh, Lord Cognito knows that I've been getting over a little bit of something over the last couple of days. Yeah. Uh, so you have to put up with a little gruffness from uh, from me. But um, I think I think a lot of us knew that there was some friction and some relationship issues, perhaps, uh, between Activision and Bungie, which is very normal in entities. This isn't describing any kind of negative ill will or malice towards any particular party. Uh, it's often the case when you've got two giant entities that operate differently and do different things that mm -hmm. there's sometimes some, some friction there. Uh, so I don't think it was anybody's surprised to find out maybe they were going to separate maybe they were going to go their separate ways i think certainly the way it was presented was like a lightning bolt to me i wasn't aware of something happening you know uh, in, in january of 2019 or anything like that i would have anticipated it being a little bit closer to uh the release of any given product so maybe immediately after forsaken or something like that which in the land of corporate bureaucracies maybe is january after a september release uh, but so it came as a surprise to me. Um, but as you said in the video that I did, which I put together last week, I did take a deeper dive into uh, that 2010 contract that started yes. the whole ball rolling. Yes. And uh, that's a really fun thing to do for folks that are outside of that particular relationship because we don't often get to see that. We don't often get to see those mega deals between the sides because they're really good about non disclosure, they're really good about keeping the cards mm -hmm. close to their best. And, you know, thankfully, Activision got into a little bit of a brouhaha with the folks from X Infinity Ward. And so we got to see a, a little bit uh, 
behind the curtain. And so looking at that contract, which is what I do in that video, which is if, if you like to hear about legal provisions for 45 minutes, but by all means, go right ahead. Facts. Uh, but uh, it's it's a very interesting thing. So circa 2010, you've got a bungee coming off of major, major successes with the Halo franchise. Mm -hmm. That is clearly the cat's pajamas and the bee's knees and is able to <laughs> leverage leverage the greatness that is their design philosophy against these publisher contracts, even with a, a company as big as Activision, where I look at that and say their lawyers did an absolutely fantastic job. Yes. You go through every provision of that Bungie contract mm -hmm. and it says Activision will pay the bills and we keep everything when they're done paying. Yes. And hold, that's a... One second. Yeah, absolutely. Do you, do, do you think that uh, the way that they contract was structured was because of that break with Microsoft and they learned a thing or two going into it and they went in with the eyes completely open going into it because that's going to segue into my other part later. I and think actually separate. I think Bungie in 2010, much like Bungie right now in 2019 mm -hmm. is, uh, sorry, <laughs> is, is looking at a uh, a world in which they don't want to be owned. They don't want their IP to be lost. They don't want to be in a situation where uh, what happened with Microsoft it happens again. So they lose Halo over to Microsoft. That was their baby for a long time. Ultimately, that's okay with them because they're they're cutting breaks. They want to make uh, Destiny. Uh, so when they're talking amongst themselves in their internal executive boardrooms, they're saying, "All right, we need somebody to publish this." We've, we're, we need to invent a lot of technology. We need a lot of background support for this thing. We need somebody with a big sack of cash. Uh, but we're not willing to lose the thing. So that was probably they're talking to their internal counsel. They're talking to their outside counsel in 2009, 2010. And probably mission number one is we're not going to lose this the way we lost Halo. Mm. And that's very clearly documented in the way the intellectual property ownership provisions of that contract run, which is... Yeah, you'll pay the bills. You'll get the right to publish this thing. You'll get the right to sell this thing. You'll get some, the right to some ancillary materials. Mm -hmm. When we talk about what we're making, mm -hmm. and this is some of this, the language that's really interesting and impressive, is mm -hmm. you don't. We're the final arbiters about what we're making. We we control the development. We control the lore. We control what this thing is. Mm -hmm. I really I really like that reference. How you used arbiter when talking I like about how you arbiter. Yeah, you know. It, it, Bungie's been around long enough that they've probably used all major legal terms somewhere in their stuff. So if I talk about they, they want to run a race and they know they're running a marathon, uh, it's not some myth what they're getting accomplished. You know, I can do this all day. Uh, but um, I don't know how to work Oni in. We'll work on it. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I think they, they took the contract, they, the, the leverage that they had, which is everybody wants to work with Bungie, and they said, hey, Activision, take it or leave it. We want your sack of cash, but we don't want you to have anything at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Activision said, hey, this is a business we want to be in. Mm -hmm. And if you go through the provisions of that contract, the main thing they wanted to protect against was main Bungie personnel leaving before the second Destiny was out. Mm -hmm. And... And folks leaving before, essentially, they'd made operating revenue of, uh, I think it's $350 million. Mm -hmm. um, And so they, they covered themselves there. But outside of that, you saw that after what they call in that contract, comment number two, what we would recognize as Forsaken, was released. Right. right. Activision had the unilateral right to terminate the, that agreement, Ooh. which does, mm -hmm. doesn't tell you what happened 
this January because Activision was very unlikely to pull that trigger on their own. Right. But it does tell you that the parties, when they were discussing this at the beginning and when they would have been thinking about it now, mm -hmm. had this notion in the back of their heads mm -hmm. that after Comet 2, that was an exit ramp. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That we had already thought about, hey, yeah, we've got these four games and four Comets built in, mm -hmm. but after Comet 2, we mm -hmm. know that Activision can just terminate this thing, and so if we, Bungie, decide, hey, we're going to make trouble, we're going to indicate we don't want to continue this relationship, we're going to mm -hmm. do a bunch of other stuff that are within our rights to kind of make things known right. that we want to get out, right. that we can do that. I and that Activision, because they have that bullet in chamber mm -hmm. to, to, to terminate this agreement, mm -hmm. that, that we can have that discussion at this point in time, which is what I think happened right now. Gotcha. I want to focus specifically on that aspect, especially section 17.1 of the contract. Oh, so, crap. I don't have it open. I got you covered. <laughs> so here's the thing, like moving forward with D3, right? And, and possibly, you know, 2020, 21, and based on the legal fulfillment of D1 and D2, because based on the way it was, but the way you perfectly explained it in your video was that they had an, ob Bungie had an obligation of four Destiny games, right? And my understanding for Comet, which would be, I guess, the DLCs, would be the equivalent of the big expansions to take. Yeah, it's a Taken thing and Forsaken. The Forsakens, yeah. right. So as we currently stand, we have D1 and D2, that obligation com com completed. Comet 1, AKA Taken King, Comet 2, AKA Forsaken completed. So we know that there were some protections in place by Activision. Now, my question to you, Hogue, is like, do you think moving forward, like, Bungie, now that their separation is there, do they have like almost like a dark period of not being able to release something immediately that's completely separate from that initial, you know, annual pass that's remaining, so to speak? You know what I mean? Like, do they do they have to stick to that guideline in respect to Activision or from this point on, can they say, hey, you know, Super Destiny, you know, three point, whatever, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, can that happen like very soon, so to speak? Sure. So when you're looking at contracts, what you're establishing is the landscape, the geography mm -hmm. of what you can go forward with. So mm -hmm. what you have in that contract is a provision like that that talks about a two-year dark period. It talks about mm -hmm. when the development term is over, Bungie can't make anything for two years, and Activision retains the right to publish what they've already got for two years. Mm -hmm. So that's the landscape of what they're looking at when they decide this relationship wants to end. Mm -hmm. Bungie probably doesn't want that. And everything that we have seen in the press releases that they've put out so far doesn't indicate to me that there's likely to be that dark period. And it doesn't really help Activision to look like uh, a bully on this. Mm -hmm. So what you probably had happen behind the scenes is Activision says, okay, if we just terminate this, this is what happens. Mm -hmm. And Bungie says, we don't want that. And then so Activision can say, okay, great. Mm -hmm. How are you going to make us whole for giving you something better than you would have already had? That's the mm -hmm. landscape of things. Okay. So Bungie can say, okay, we're going to do X, Y, or Z. We're going to cross market with you. We're going to give you a certain sack of money ourselves. Mm -hmm. There are any number of things that can happen behind the scenes. The contract mm -hmm. is just setting the parameters for what would happen if none of that occurred. Gotcha. So I think it's useful information. I think it's, mm -hmm. it's important knowledge to know that Activision would have had the leverage in those discussions, mm -hmm. but it doesn't really help anybody for that mm -hmm. dark period. Mm -hmm. And certainly the, the, I don't know if you guys saw the, the 8K, which is the form that a public company files to say something has happened that mm -hmm. they need to disclose to their investors. Yeah. When they filed that, they said that they don't anticipate making any further material revenue on the Destiny universe in 2019 mm -hmm. or on. Mm -hmm. So it looks like more rights exchanged hands than would have just been required under the kind of purely neutral termination under the agreement. Mm 
Uh, so I think there's going to be a dark period in terms of the next major Destiny release by virtue of the fact that it's it's not done, it's not developed right. yet. Right. But outside of that, I don't think there's an artificial constraint on that. Mm. My best guess is mm -hmm. that Bungie rightly thinks that they don't want to have this kind of numerical release schedule where you have to axe all the loot and you have to get rid of the previous four planets. Mm -hmm. And they're going to try to build something a little bit more universal and warframey. Okay. I got one more question then before I open it up to Mock and everyone else. Sure. Um, I want to talk about the Sony exclusivity structure. And as we know, you know, the the expansions and certain aspects that have come out with the game, uh, you know, the PlayStation has had exclusive content, maps, and so on and so forth. Yeah. So for my understanding, again, correct me if I'm wrong, Lord Holt, is that that was part of the Activision agreement. So if in theory, this is now broken, are the is Bungie free to dissolve that? Like, no. like how does that work? That's my question. Yeah. Yeah. So what happens in 2010 and what's been going on since then is that mm -hmm. when you make an intellectual property, you get a you get a bundle of rights. That's what we call it in law school. And that's the right to make derivative works. That's the right to sell it on your own. That's the right to do a bunch of other stuff. Mm -hmm. And what they said is, all right, we've got this bundle of rights in Destiny as we know it, and we're going to hand off certain rights to you, Activision, in exchange for large amounts of money. Mm -hmm. And those rights where you get to publish it, you get to market it, you get to sell it, mm -hmm. uh, and you get to distribute it. Mm -hmm. And so Activision says, thank you for those rights. We're going to use those. We're going to enter into an agreement with Sony that Sony's going to give us a bundle of money in order to give them exclusivity on these things. That's a contract. That exists. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so to the extent it exists right now, that maintains its existence despite the fact that they're ending their own contractual relationship. Mm. Now, there could be provisions in those contracts that say, hey, if you lose the rights X, Y, or Z, then we lose the rights and things like that. Mm. But Sony probably would have been at the table having confidential discussions to make sure that what they paid for, they get. And nobody is, in, there is not a single party involved in this matter that is interested in burning Sony's bridges right now. So, so <laughs> Sony base, whatever yeah. they paid for. Okay. Now, now, when you say keep whatever they pay for, do, through the duration of the Destiny franchise or through the duration of Destiny 2 as an entity? So we don't have eyes on these contracts, but right. it, it would be silly for me if I were the lawyer for Bungie or if I were the lawyer for Activision to have negotiated anything more than kind of a property by property license, because that's how you're going to maximize your dollars. Mm. Um, so my guess is that this applies to Forsaken and then it's all hands on deck for whoever wants to pay. Got you. Okay. That great answer. Thank you so much. Let's open it up. But Lord Maka, man, let, let's talk about this thing. Obviously, the news. Yeah. And um, you know, what was let's talk about the emotional aspect. Like, what what did you feel when you first heard this news? And um, you know, just in general, what's your thoughts? So, no surprise probably to everyone, but mm. Bungie is one of my favorite studios ever. And they've made some of my favorite games of all time. And mm -hmm. For for what all the des all the all the crap Destiny gets, it has the best shooting game like gunplay out of any game sure. ever. Mm -hmm. And I will argue that to the death. I can't personally Woo! think of a game with better gunplay. Oh, that that, that's not me saying it's the best game ever made. It's the the <laughs> gunplay is the best in the genre. Yep. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate it for that. Yeah. And uh Bungie does great work. They don't always hit the mark with everything, like for example, armor lock and Halo Reach. Am I right? <laughs> but, <laughs> no doubt. No. That being said, I have a lot of respect for that studio. I got of, I got to visit it and I met a lot of great people who work there and, and I have nothing but love for Bungie. Mm -hmm. At the same time, um, 
everyone seems to be thinking this is like a power move by Bungie and Bungie initiated this. Bungie's happy. I think Activision is pretty happy too. I don't know. Yep. I don't think that I don't think Destiny is the financial success they want. Fast. Bungie stocks went down way before uh, yeah. or, or sorry, Activision stocks went way down before they reported yeah. this news. Mm-hmm. Forsaken didn't sell as well as they wanted it to. Mm-hmm. And Activision was spending a lot of money to keep what they probably felt like was destiny afloat, even though they didn't feel like it was necessarily coming back and, and, you know, it wasn't worth it to them. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm not surprised at the same time. I do think that like both of the parties are benefiting pretty well from it. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's just like a bungee wins or Activision wins. Mm-hmm. I think it's probably good for both of them in the long term. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm really excited to, to like, see what Bungie can do with destiny now that they don't have Activision telling them to, Mm-hmm. You know, make the Jade Rabbit PlayStation exclusive, <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. you know, smaller things like that, like the the, the Eververse, and mm-hmm. it'll be interesting for them to just see what they come up with when they're able to decide mm-hmm. how hardcore they want their game to be, what they want their community to play, how they want their community to engage mm-hmm. without uh, a kind of extra voice. Mm-hmm. And uh, unfortunately, I think it's going to take us a long a, a long time to see any uh, fruits of this labor. Mm-hmm. So I think everyone kind of wants to see, oh, we want to see Destiny 3 f- released tomorrow. <laughs> uh, it'll be a while before we see anything, but I think it's a good move for both companies long term. Mm-hmm. And uh, hopefully for the gamers, it's also uh, you know great. Hopefully Destiny is uh, a fantastic game moving forward. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Lord so I want to just get you from the emotional aspect. Oh, you know, obviously you are not the Destiny head that we are, but how did you feel like, you know, when you heard the news break? I felt... I, I was happy for Bungie because mm-hmm. I think this move puts them in a position where they start to resemble the Bungie of old, where they can, you know, their, their true vision for this game comes out. That said, I don't give a rat's ass about Destiny. I, I don't <laughs> <know>. <laughs> it's what it is. Um, that, that is not, that, that's not the Bungie game that I want. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I agree with, uh, with, I think Maka said it, mm-hmm. what this allows them to do uh, moving forward with Destiny 3 mm-hmm. at some point is that it becomes more of what they had planned for Destiny initially, where it was just going to be this living game mm-hmm. that they continue to iterate upon and not necessarily. So I don't know that we'll see after Destiny 3, maybe we don't see a numbered Destiny for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Um, and everything's going to build off of the backbone of whatever that game is. Mm-hmm. Um, so I- I'm excited for that in that regard. Another thing is that we have to think about how um, this sort of separation affects what they're doing with NetEase. I know NetEase gave them 100 million mm-hmm. properties. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, Bungie's a, a very big company. They're not, mm-hmm. I mean, they, they can have multiple teams working on certain things. But um, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what they give priority to moving mm-hmm. forward. Like, within the next six months to a year, what mm-hmm. do we see more of? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm excited for them. I really am because I don't think I don't think they should get and people talk about Microsoft and them getting back together. Mm-hmm. I can see maybe sometime in the future, maybe them working on something exclusive together. But mm-hmm. I like Bungie being by itself. Um, Interesting. I like that. Also, really quick to go on someone's uh, comment in the chat. You guys mm-hmm. asked me earlier about my favorite game franchises. This kind yeah. of ties in to Activision as well. Mm-hmm. Activision needs to focus on a Tony Hawk game. I'm down with that. <laughs> I'm very down with that. Tony Hawk. Is an underappreciated oh. franchise that got milk to the bone, oh. and uh, it 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 requires some love and care. 
No, no, no. Fair, fair enough. Lord King, I, I need your feedback here before I bring it back to Hulk. Um, the emotional right. aspect. Like, what, what, what did you feel when you heard this dude? All right. So, um, I was in chat uh, with the Lord Addict at the time when it uh, transpired, mm-hmm. and my phone just started going nuts. Like, <laughs> literally, my phone just started going nuts. My Twitter mm-hmm. inbox was insane. Mm-hmm. Um, is it me? Mm-hmm. Or do you look at uh, mm-hmm. video game partnerships as relationships? Mm-hmm. And um, in 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 this whole thing, I always viewed Bungie and Microsoft as two people that you know you know got together uh, and it was beneficial. And then they were at their peak. You know, Bungie came with Halo, and it helped establish Microsoft as a um, a gaming entity. Uh, and also solidified uh, Bungie as a first-person uh, shooter on console. Like, it can be done. Um, so both of these guys were riding at their peak, and uh, the separation uh, of the two uh, kind of like, it felt like a, a relationship, like, you know, your parents mm-hmm. split up. And, you know, and I'm going to make, you know, Bungie the, the, the female in this um, for this uh, segment mm-hmm. and you know, she goes <laughs> on and she 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 dates the next guy. Activision the so Activision comes through with the bag and Microsoft was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. You know, I got this girl over here and you know three four three going to it over here and you know three four three put out the Halo games, but it really wasn't a bungee type experience. It was a good game, but really you Everybody kept saying, but you know, that Bungie feel though. And then, you know, Bungie went on to do Destiny in the new relationship. Eyes wide open because when she left, she made sure she took her bags and everything with her um, in the relationship. But did anybody see? My man Phil Dominus. Oh my god. Are you trying to say that? Are you trying to say Phil slitting the DMs with hey big head? And you know, not saying anything, no more pressure you ain't nothing, but hey, hey, no, I appreciate it. Yo, hold on. Two super chats. Shout out to Mods Gaming. Ten dollar super chat. Thank you, brother. He said, "Sounds like Bungie was the masters of their destiny." And shout out to Lord Boneslave off GP with the five dollar super chat. Thank you, sir. Much appreciated. Continue, Lord King, with the relationship breakdown. And and when I saw it, I was like, man, (laughs) Phil has massively changed a, a lot of people's views on things because. He was the first one to slide up, like, like he knew or something. Like, hey, <laughs> I, okay. I just, hey, man. hey, just in case, you know what I'm saying? I'm just letting you know we do appreciate you. Now, going for, I don't believe uh, uh, Bungie, you know, be uh, becomes reacquired by Microsoft or anything like that. I'm not, no disillusions of those type of things. But I also understand as um, a head, of a company that was very bold that was very very poignant and people looked to that tweet and retweeted it and they you know speculation was all over the place just feel just just let you know like yo we here we willing to work with you whatever happened over there that was over there and we're gonna get past that boo but 
I'm, I'm like, I was so happy uh-huh. that they walked away with their stuff, mm-hmm. right? And because we all felt that Activision was the evil uh, minds behind this thing mm-hmm. and left to their own devices that Bungie will become great again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> solution there, all right? I believe they equally had a fault in anything that went wrong with Destiny as well as Activision pushing mm-hmm. to get it to turn into that Fortnite cheddar. Right, right. Right. And I think because it wasn't generating cash like a Fortnite or any type of super extravaganza type of game like the Red Dead or whatever, mm-hmm. they felt that it wasn't a success where in any mm-hmm. generation, games of that revenue are a success. So um, I, I just feel that they're in a good space. I think Activision walks out of it in a good space. They don't got to keep those servers up and all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and they can move on and let's see what's going to happen next. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think that Bungie mm-hmm. becomes Microsoft exclusive. Mm-hmm. Too much Sony money out there. Mm-hmm. Let's just see what happens next. All right, fair enough, fair enough. I'm just gonna bring it back to um, Lord Hogue in a minute. As far as the uh, we we talked about that. Now we talked about the Sony exclusivity. We all, I also want to ask you, Lord Hogue, what about the um, the the Blizzard aspect, the BattleNet aspect? You know, obviously we know. That you know happened on PC, and that's under that Activision umbrella, as well as the um, Vicarious Visions and uh, High Moon Studios. You know that they were brought in by Activision to assist Bungie. So, um, what do you feel happens now as far as that relationship? Does that just immediately dissolve? I mean, we know Blizzard made the statement that you know operations will continue on BattleNet as is, but like, what what do you foresee with that, Lord Hulk, in reference to it? Yeah, I suspect that as part of their separation agreement, they talked about how long uh, the essentially the back-end maintenance will be maintained by Activision. Uh, and so that's on Battle.net. I mean, the one thing I would add to the other pieces of conversation that I've heard, sure, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a corporate lawyer, right? So I'm mm. already half evil by DNA. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I look at the Activision relationship as both the good and bad. I, I agree that I think that Activision had its own notions of what the return on investment should be for a game of this type. I agree, I agree that I think it was probably Activision sitting on Bungie's shoulder that took them in a direction for the initial release of Destiny 2. That was probably not the best for overall long-term profitability of whatever this Destiny thing is. Um, But on the other hand, I see things like Star Citizen and other kickstarted non-quote-unquote published games Mm -hmm. uh, get lost in the weeds without Mm -hmm. somebody in the back saying, hey, you need to deliver a product. Hey, you need to Mm -hmm. reduce your scope. Hey, you need to focus on these things. Mm -hmm. And Bungie hasn't lived entirely on its own Uh, in a long, 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 long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I do wonder whether they want to just be completely free right this second or whether they are going to be looking for somebody to mm-hmm. have a, a minimal kind of relationship with, somebody with a large sack of money that may or may ah. not be trying to change the entire digital storefront infrastructure and kill <laughs> unity at the same time. <laughs> 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 that, that kind of company. So I really do think, I think Battle.net's going to stick around. I okay. think that at bare minimum, Bungie is ultimately going to have a relationship with somebody for distribution. Mm-hmm. Maybe not publishing, but some storefront, certainly on PC. Mm-hmm. Uh, and along with that might come certain amounts of money, certain exclusivity things that make sense. I don't think but, they're going to be bought by anybody anytime soon. So what you're saying is Destiny 3 is exclusive to the Epic Store. 
I'm saying, <laughs> I'm saying if you're betting against Epic Ugly. doing anything crazy short of a Martian colony, you're betting the wrong way right this second. Oh, man, this is great. We got Lord Bloody Knuckles in the brown. And he's a passionate former. Should I call you a former Destiny player? Uh, I, I mean, that would be the, the biggest because of the fact that, as you put in the past, I was like, I'm the most passionate. Yes, he's one of the most passionate. Um, he, turned he, the he most. Chomping at the bit. He said, Lord Cognito, just get me in here for this quick segment real quick. And I have to get your take real quick as we got a lot to discuss. It's a big show. But uh, what's, hey, I, your, what's your take on this whole situation? All sure. right. So my quick take, and before I start that, I want to say, Maka, it's great to see you on here. I'm glad to see you. And Hoke, right. I'm hearing your lawyer take because, as you said, you're evil by nature. I love <laughs> hearing the legality of things. I love that because it, because it helps to explain a lot of what I'm going to break down, what you have already brought up mm -hmm. so one of the things and, and this it comes from a lot of the talking especially jason schreier who's in a lot of things we saw what already was coming out from the troubles that destiny has been having from bungie doing a lot of the the making from the very first time around and what they were experiencing with destiny 2 we saw activision we lost bloody did we lose him we lost you bloody bloody come back come back buddy come back Listen, we have a problem Bloody, you bring it up. Oh, he's he gone. Yeah, Hopefully, we get him back. Oh, you know, you know who, who jumped in there, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Richard pulled the corner. You gotta shut his mic off. He's good. Bobby Coates is still in the team. Right <laughs> well, the only other, the only thing, uh, other thing I would add, and I, I think I've talked to you about this, Lord Cognito. I don't know yeah. that I have with anybody else, but my, uh, you know, my brother works at High Moon. Yes. Um, and so, uh, you know, I can't. I, I don't have any specific information on anything, so there's nothing for me to disclose. Mm -hmm. uh, but I do think Activision is now in a place where they're going to have a lot of their eggs in one very large Call of Duty-shaped basket. Mm -hmm. uh, and certainly the support studio structure that they've put together for mostly Destiny and Call of Duty mm -hmm. is probably going to be reexamined. It, it's no coincidence that this all happened in the shadow of what amounts to five separate executive changes at the Activision level. Uh, so that's something to pay attention to as well. No doubt. Bloody, are you back? Sorry about that. That's okay. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. My, okay. uh, my energy up for a second. Yeah, yeah so what I love... Yeah, low, what do we pay your internet bill, sir? <laughs> yeah, all right. I know, that, that's typically how it goes. But the, the thing the thing was that we, we've seen how 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 this goes, and, and Ho can definitely uh, can agree on that or, or state because he knows how the legality and contracts work. And I know of, uh, I have a couple lawyers in my family, so you know there's always multiple contracts that go out, especially when you're going through multiple corporations and stuff like that and, and trying not to put everything under one single contract unless they can absolutely lock it down with no sort of loss to any one entity at mm -hmm. this point. Mm -hmm. So with Activision and Bungie splitting, it's a good thing and a bad thing. And the, and the good thing for it is that, one, they're going to continue maintaining the servers because that's that was one of their biggest uh, holding points for, for Bungie was that even in the split, Activision still has to maintain the servers and everything that that's going to use to be able to keep that going to support the player base, both from the console side and all of their players, as well as what they have set with Blizzacti with supporting the people on Battle.net. So that it's not going to affect the PC players too much on that end. And the good thing is that Bungie did have the have be able to keep the IP rights and the publishing rights and everything going on forward. Now, the biggest thing is how it's going to affect the PC players going forward, because remember, PC players 
players did not get Destiny 1, so they were already going in half-cocked with missing a lot of what set the foundation for going into uh, to Destiny 2. And right. then Destiny 2 being an exclusive to the Battle.net because Activision were mm -hmm. thinking at the time of launching it that they were going to be able to keep that uh, under their umbrella and be able to keep using it as the, uh, a big moneymaker because they started to see what it can kind of bring in. Mm -hmm. Now, we've also seen with the struggles that Bungie has suffered with Destiny 2 because it, remember in the beginning, with the, with the right after the launch, they were having troubles with uh, Warmind, Curse of Osiris, and keeping up with the uh, mm -hmm. basic content structure and stuff like that content and uh, cosmetics and all that stuff really pushed into the Eververse store. Now, everyone was blaming Activision. That wasn't entirely an Activision decision. Activision was supporting it, but it was Bungie who were coming w with them at that aspect. Mm -hmm. Now, the other biggest thing is that you mentioned the, the two studios with Vicarious Visions and High Moon and them being a part of the Activision. That is going to be the biggest hindrance to Bungie because of the fact that, remember, Bungie is a studio that has, what, 400, 300 some odd employees working on this, mm -hmm. and yet that's their main team who's writing the main story and doing all the bigger uh, base games because they did, uh, you know, Destiny 1 and then Destiny 2 at launch. Right. Then they had their, they took a small portion of that team that was working as the live team to continue any added content while mm -hmm. the next team started producing and everything that's coming next. Mm -hmm. They were having so many issues with keeping up the content. That's why Activision gave them those two other studios to help support the live team with mm -hmm. everything that's coming out. That's why they had Vicarious and High Moon. Correct. They were the ones who were doing everything alongside the live, the, the small sect mm -hmm. of Bungie that was the live team. And mm -hmm. here's the biggest thing that really shows that they were having troubles with it. Especially after the launch of Forsaken, mm -hmm. we saw what they had envisioned from the original story writer that, don't forget, that they fired before Destiny 1, mm -hmm. used a majority of his storyline and just slightly altered it for the Forsaken. Because right. remember, this time around, they did... Uh -oh. or the crow mm -hmm. the big villain but also a big help because the fact that was his original place was the original in place. the yeah. original story yeah you're talking about Aldrin. yeah, yeah. Right. Aldrin. Mm -hmm. yeah so now we're seeing that they really have written themselves in a corner that they have to go back and reuse all that script that they fired the writer for back then mm -hmm. and recycle it now because of the fact that they've been in a, such a spot that they aren't being able to keep up with the story that they wanted to right so, so there's a lot of back and forth with this. And the only thing that's keeping them afloat right now, especially was that money from NetEase with getting that $100 million. And a lot of people thought it was, it will. It definitely will for a while, but we have to see how they're going to implement it. Because a lot of people thought it was them buying stock. No, it was a donation mm -hmm. uh, and an investment into Bungie mm -hmm. that gave them a guaranteed, uh, that gave one of their executives a guaranteed uh, seat on the board of directors with Bungie, mm -hmm. and it would be utilized in any form that Bungie saw fit to maintain in either current or future projects. Mm -hmm. That's the biggest thing. So they can use a portion of that to keep sustaining Destiny and, and paying their employees and whatever else they need to, whether that goes into help pushing for for uh, marketing and anything, if they do itself, if mm -hmm. they don't sign any contracts with anyone else, right. as well as um, anything else that they're going to need to do to help keep those finances and profits coming in mm. no fair enough fair enough i want to get hold on one aspect that uh that you said bloody and this is sure to the uh the net ease and first of all before we two actually so two that points. that's 
two parts here. Net one is net ease, and then the the second part. I want to shout out to El Boogie in the super chat. Thank you for the time, super chat. He said, "Don't forget that fraud lawsuit." So I put that in our chat. I don't know if Hogue, if you saw that, I also uh, sent that to you directly. I don't know if you get a chance to see that as well, because apparently I don't know how legitimate this is. Right? Is that apparently Activision is supposedly currently under investigation for fraud following the Bungie split? So I don't know if Hogue, if you even heard this news. I just sent you a piece. I don't know if you got a chance to look at it. I mean, literally sent it minutes ago. <laughs> uh, I, I heard about this yesterday. Is that they were that they were getting uh, marketing fraud lawsuits so, uh, against Activision? So the two parts. One, <laughs> one. The first part, Hogue, about the. Uh, the, you know that the, the netties thing and then in reference to that and then second about this potential investigation sure sure well, <laughs> uh, i got you working i got you working i'm sorry Hulk. i got yeah, you working. no no it's all right as a matter yeah. of fact you'll probably see my name in a couple of articles tomorrow on the security stuff. Uh, is, that, is that virtual legality 14 is that uh, <laughs> i can't you know, I actually have to practice law occasionally and not just do YouTube videos. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, yeah, so, you know, NetEase, as far as I know, as far as I understand it, was a fairly standard working capital investment um, where they give you a big sack of money and they take a certain amount of equity and they, they ask for certain control rights. And, and I think that as far as I know, and I haven't dove into this with any particular specificity of late, uh, it doesn't have any kind of uh, bells or whistles or, or control provision that you wouldn't expect in that kind of relationship. So I think everybody assumes uh, Bungie is going to build some kind of mobile uh, uh, Korean something, uh, <laughs> but uh, nobody really knows for sure. And I certainly gotcha. don't have any uh, uh, con confidential information on that. Gotcha. Um, on the fraud stuff, if mm -hmm. unless it's something different than what I've already been working on today, mm -hmm. uh, what I have seen so far is a couple of plaintiffs' firms start putting together notions of a potential class action lawsuit on a securities fraud claim. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I'll say a couple of things here. You're going to get the, the first bits of these. IOP exclusive, Lord Hulk in the building. It, it is, yeah. So I was asked about this from by a couple of reporters this morning. Wow. Uh, and one of the things is that uh, all of you should know is that this is pretty uh, standard operating procedure now. Uh, I would say, unfortunately, but it really depends on how you feel about securities law implementation in general. Essentially, every time a bad something happens to a company, a plaintiff's law firm starts putting together a class. Uh, that could be a uh, security breach. That can be, you know, the loss of credit card information. That can be an environmental spill. That can be kind of standard things that might otherwise have been disclosed against if something bad happens and there's a, uh, you know, kind of cataclysmic looking roller coaster hill of a, of a stock price for a day or two. Then these people put together these notions on the basis of, uh, there's a rule in the Securities Act that basically says you can't lie on the forms and you can't mislead people on the forms. You can't only tell truths that mislead people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they, when, when Activision gives this information on Bungie, when they file what is it called a Form 8K that tells the world that Bungie is separating from Activision, mm -hmm. their stock price plummets. And were they defrauding the market because they knew this was going to happen for a period of time when they didn't disclose it? Those are questions that might come out in discovery. They might not. I, none of this really bothers me from a legal perspective. This is kind of the normal operating procedure for a company that experiences this, whether or not they get a plaintiff put together. These are, in general, weak, weaker claims. These are not the kind of fraud claims you traditionally think of as fraud. Oh, the guy moved a million dollars and made it 50000 <laughs> All the things you think about that are truly lies. This is more along the lines of, 
when they filed their quarterly report in November, they've got a line in their Activision publishing description that says we have a we have a uh, a long lived alliance with Bungie to develop their Destiny universe, and that sentence exists untouched as of November. Mm -hmm. And were the people that bought stock between November and January were they being deceived in some fashion? Is the claim mm -hmm. most of those get kicked out because you're not you have to fraud requires what we call knowledge or what we really call when we're being fancy lawyeries, see enter okay. uh, in that they Ooh, have to yeah. have the intent to deceive. Mm -hmm. And so it's a hard claim to make. Mm -hmm. And what happens in these cases is they put the class together and then Activision would seek to have it immediately dismissed. And if that, if they do get it dismissed, it's gone. And if they don't, then you settle because there's no point in going through the whole process mm -hmm. of, of the entire class action. So that'll be the big key. And that'll be, four to six months out from, gotcha. from here if they get a class put together. Oh, thank you for so, that. Man. That was huge. strokes, it doesn't bother me. It's not that unusual, but obviously mm -hmm. you prefer not to be uh, mm -hmm. being looked at for a potential securities fraud claim. Gotcha. So it's just more uh, uh, the optics of it is just really bad opposed to uh, the circumstances being terrible. Like Yeah. Mm -hmm. The way the Securities Exchange Act works is uh, you have a private cause of action for one of these lies. And so every firm, every lawyer that specializes in these is constantly looking at the stock market for what exactly you saw in the Activision and then potentially trying to put together ah. a class. Because when you've got a securities law class action, essentially the lawyers make between 40 and 60 percent of mm -hmm. the ultimate damages claim. This mm -hmm. is where you start getting into why people hate lawyers. Mm. Uh, and uh, it's this kind of stuff. Gotcha. Okay. Man, let me jump in, man, because you guys, everyone is not bloody. Thank you. Yeah, so you just don't want people running around with the, thank God Bungie got out right now because <laughs> these dudes are fraud. Like, salute cool. 108 Dragon. He said the Lord Order edition of Eyes on Podcast. Thank you, sir. <laughs> you know, salute of meds. All oh, my boy, no meds with the super chat. Thank you, sir. Bloody, you got to say something before I, you head out? Yeah, I want, I want to say something. I was like, Hogue, mm -hmm. I'm glad that you gave that, that description that that you did because that that's some interesting stuff that not a lot of people understand when it comes to the the backside of of lawsuits, especially with class actions like that. And I got to learn fancy new words. I like to sound it. Enter, see enter, yes, see enter. It's like a magic word. It's like a Harry Potter word. You actually never think. Ah, yes. Cool. Absolutely. A whole dropping jewels in here, man. Let me jump in. They got the fast. Did I lie? Did I deceive you? The, yep. the, the internet so, okay. connection, boy, yes. you got to get yeah, 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 right now. It's, 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 a, little, it's a little rough, but I'm going to jump in. I'm going to jump in real quick. So, um, yeah, man, my, it's so much to unpack here. And um, over the years, it's I'm kind of with Maka, man. It's like my unwavering love for this damn franchise. I mean, despite, you know, the many flaws the game has, Yo, of course I of course, I have my <laughs> bias <laughs> because I love yeah, the you game. Do. But in, in uh, my opinion, it's the precise gunplay. It's still unmatched. It's the best three to six man cooperative experience as far as console, as far as in, in game activity, and as far as raids. Don't get me started with the music. But my initial thoughts were just wow. Like Bungie has some great legal representation, in my opinion, in negotiation to walk away with full ownership of this IP. I mean, this is definitely megaton inf information. As far as the deal now, you know, I'm again with Mark in the sense that from the Activision standpoint, I also, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm happy that they have their independence and we, we always want 
a creator to be able to do what they envision. And we know the relationship was rocky at some point, right? But we also have to be clear too that Activision stepped away from the standpoint of saying, hey, you know what, like we don't feel this investment is generating what we intended it to. You know, so that's the key also aspect that people not realize. And then like Bloody was saying, like moving forward, you know what I'm saying? Like all that responsibility like falls now on Bungie. You can sit there and we can demonize Activision <laughs> as much as you want, right? But one thing I know yep. when that marketing was on point, you know, when you, you got those trailers, you got that information, it was on point. And at the same time, it was it was done in a bigger scope. And then you had the high moons, you had the vicarious visions, you know, all this now falls on them. And that's a big deal. I don't want anyone to kind of minimize it. So we're going to see what happens with, with the future of the franchise. You know what I'm saying? You know, also, as well as this partnership with NetEase, you know what I'm saying? You know, obviously, you know, some people are going to say, you know, oh, you, you traded an evil publisher for an evil investor. We don't know what that aspect is, you know. What I'm so I don't want to. I don't want to speculate on that, you know. What I'm saying also, like Lord Hogue said, you know, as far as the the future going forward with the next quote unquote comet, right? That DLC. How does that structure going on going forth? And um, you know, at this point, you know, multiplat or not, it really doesn't matter. What happens to me is bottom line. You know, ultimately, I would love to see some type of uh, cross play across progression in the future. I feel the community deserves that. You know, never in a million years that I think this would happen. <laughs> so that's my thoughts on it. Two super chats before we move on. I give it to Hogue. Um, one, uh, Lord Meds. He said, "What studios with two dollars super chat? What studio makes?" Better Halo though, Bungie or three four three. I think we all got the answer to that one. <laughs> I don't know if I'm doing really question, is it? Yeah, not much. And then uh Lord Kiss moving the building with the super chat. Um, how who makes a better oh yeah, better Halo three four three? But again, with the <laughs> I think Dang. we got the same thing, man. But uh Lord Hogue, I'll let you rap, man. Because first of all, thank you for coming in on this uh last minute and appreciate the super oh, super knowledge, man. And like I said, you're always welcome to join the room, you know, with your tremendous legal knowledge informing gamers of what we don't know about <laughs> yeah, you just have to teach me how to get a logo up there instead of like this black screen oh yeah yeah, yeah. we got to get that going get the whole lord shining man i need to see that i, I thought you I, I thought you was getting ready up you know what i'm saying i was like he gonna jump and he gonna show his face like you did last no time. I, yeah no I, I explained that nobody wants to see my face right now i'm still recovering from a yeah, bit of a headache <laughs> but overall man just you know i'll let you put the cap on the cherry on a sunday with this topic you know moving forward you know how do you how do you feel you know about I, this you know, I, I think it's exciting i love destiny obviously mm -hmm. i think that mistakes were made going from one to two i miss mm -hmm. i miss the old destiny one planets uh yeah. i would like to see them all incorporated mm -hmm. i i think in the in the games as a service world that we're moving into destiny is a perfect fit for that but it mm -hmm. needs to be kind of uh, rebuilt from the ground up. So it wouldn't mm -hmm. surprise me if you saw essentially all the assets that they've got for Destiny 1 and Destiny 2 and all the comets and everything else mm -hmm. made into a Destiny universe type product. Mm -hmm. uh, since they do own all the intellectual property, they could do that mm -hmm. uh, and they could build something really big and, and with kind of the, the free to play elements. And then they too could be sued for the dances that they incorporate. <laughs> they could be part of that Fortnite lawsuit. <laughs> sure, I mean that's why they're going to get in bed with Epic is because they'll already have all the legal defenses ready to go. Oh man, Hog is the yeah. best. He, he on this Epic. We don't want to hear that. <laughs> Phil, <laughs> you hear that? Yo, Phil. Speaking of Epic, <laughs> oh, we'll probably transition, man. If guys got to leave, I understand. It's cool. I know we're running a little late. Um, you know, definitely we heard the the, the Epic news as far as uh. 
Division Two kind of leaving steam at the at the altar. This was a uh, Lord Addicts topic, so I'll just jump off real quick. And obviously, we heard this news breakdown, and um, you know, it looks like they they have this defection going on, and you know, they they announced it, you know, in favor of the Epic Store that Division Two, a huge huge get you know uh lord maka lord Hogan, i don't know if he's still here if he wants to talk about it but um you know what do you guys feel about this uh you know division to how impactful is this in uh news to absolutely no one people like money <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah epic has money and or that gives you more money for what you sell so uh-huh. i'm not very surprised uh uh-huh. Obviously, it's a little bit of a risk taking your game off of Steam, mm-hmm. but uh, it's a calculated risk that I imagine they sat down and they crunched the numbers and it made sense. Uh, they're making a lot more money per per uh, sale. And mm-hmm. like, look, it's not like you play the thing, really. So mm-hmm. what does it matter? Like the thing about PC gamers is they'll kind of play. They'll launch their games through whatever they need to launch them. They don't, mm-hmm. I don't think they really care. Mm, interesting it's oh, nice we- to have everything on steam on one place but like i don't think they like no one is like you know there's no S- steam the podcast where all the gamers only play steam games <laughs> <laughs> so, i think uh as long as you have that pc and you, you you know you have the hardware and you want to play the game you'll figure out a way to play it Absolutely. I don't know if we still uh, have the, the, the incredible Lord Hogue with us still. Or is he- oh, yeah, you do. I, you oh. know, I didn't know whether you wanted me to pop off or not. Right oh, now, no, I want you to stay. I just Brady shred folks. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I um, uh, However long we can hold you, man. I, I thought you were sick. So, I, man, I, it's a blessing you're still here. I, I no, yeah, no, I got a glass of water. I'm, I'm good. I got the football on. Uh, oh, no, I, um, mm-hmm. I, I think this is a super important story. I think you mm-hmm. might have seen me tweet about it. But basically... Mm-hmm. I did a video about this at the end of the year when Steam released their top 12, their platinum class of video games that had released. And the thing that really jumped out at me was that Ubisoft was the last man standing in terms of the big publishers that were really making uh, headway on Steam. Because you've got Battle.net doing all of Activision stuff, because you got Bethesda moving a lot of their stuff off to theirs, because you've got Origin for EA, Ubisoft, yeah, they released their stuff on Uplay, but they also released their stuff on Steam. So... Assassin's Creed Odyssey and Far Cry 5 held two of the spots of the top 10 on Steam. Mm -hmm. And so I said, you know, that's what Epic and Steam are really fighting over right now is what's going to happen to Ubisoft. And so when Division 2 dropped that hammer on what turned out to be a slightly exciting news day for the video game industry, that was a very big deal to me. Now, I think they're testing the waters. I think it's nice to get 88% of the money, but if you're getting 88% of... You know, a million eyeballs instead of a hundred million—that's not going to work. Right. But I think Ubisoft's calculated decision on this is: hey, we don't need a lot of help telling people Division Two exists. Right. So you're going to go find it if you're interested in playing it. And eighty-eight percent instead of seventy percent is a heck of a lot of money for Ooh. Ubisoft. To make. And if it does work out how they'd like it to work out, I don't see them going back. And this is exactly the kind of thing Epic needed to really start pushing more and more eyeballs over to their service, as well as giving away really cool free games. Go get Edith Finch. It's awesome. Oh, yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> I really like this epic stuff. I love it, man. It's great. <laughs> Lord Sov, man, what, what did you feel when the news broke, uh, you know, the whole Epic Store thing you Ubisoft? I think it's great. I, I'm always up for anybody disrupting the status quo. I just, I am, you know, especially... Anarchist. 
Anarchist. <laughs> so what's interesting, what's most interesting about this to me is that this really puts them in a position where they really, really have to reevaluate their practices. They haven't really, despite what Epic has been doing, despite what Discord has been doing, they haven't necessarily changed anything in, in terms of uh in terms of like game cuts and stuff like that. Not, not much has changed. So they, they're sort of holding ground and saying we're the juggernaut. We don't feel necessarily threatened yet, but that should not be the case. They really need to start reevaluating. Re and, and the same goes for Discord. If Discord, despite you know 200 million users on Discord, mm -hmm. they don't have a, a huge AAA game on there exclusive to their uh, to their service just yet. So they need to think about that because Epic is going to be is looking to snap up all of these. And when it comes to the Ubisoft conversation, mm -hmm. they've already said there's going to be more Ubisoft games on there. So I don't know how long this this partnership goes for, right. but you can pretty much look at you know whatever big games down the pipeline for, for Ubisoft coming onto the Epic Store in the PC space. So mm -hmm. they really need to start evaluating how much money they're going to throw out there to get some more of these exclusives. Mm -hmm. um, and I, it's for me, again, I think competition just raises the bar all the way around. It forces you to reevaluate your practices. And I think only we uh, get we, we get the best out of all, all of that. So I, I just want to see them start changing this stuff up. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, actually, Lord, Lord King. What do you feel, man? What's going on? What do you, feel about I, I'm just, you know, you watch somebody that's steadfast in their ways, and, mm -hmm. <laughs> and they, it's like they're not really noticing that these dudes is creeping up on the side, and little by little, <laughs> stuff is being snatched away from them from this guy and that guy. And I remember when you know Steam was the end all be all for PC gamers when it, when it established itself in that area, mm -hmm. right? Okay, so you go there, all your stuff is there. Mm -hmm. Now you have these uh this these options that's all over the place. Mm -hmm. And once one of these dudes and Hogue likes Epic Store, um, <laughs> and, and, and the reason why I say it is because that's a big thing, right? Mm -hmm. Once it starts clicking and everybody starts to gravitate towards the one thing, you're gonna see the demise at Steam mm -hmm. rapidly. It's just gonna Mm -hmm. drop out uh, you know the floor is going to fall out from them and me personally i hope they can switch it around i hope they can flip it around but epic is offering something that a lot of dudes can't offer mm -hmm. like steam can't offer oh if you use our engine <laughs> you, you get this back and you put the game on our stuff so they, they don't have that option to do that. And I think you're looking at a dinosaur actually going out the pasta. Mm, I hear you, man. <laughs> it makes sense. Like, remember back in the day when Source was a big thing, the Source engine? Mm -hmm. And again, they, they reached the point where it felt like they weren't really making games anymore. They were just, you know, so, sort of, you know, that you know, picture that people paint of, you know, Gabe Newell sitting on a pile of gold that, like, like, <laughs> like, like Scrooge McDuck, like, you know what I mean? And they're not making games. Uh, and again, that's not necessarily true but again it comes back to bite you when you're not moving innovation forward like you know there's no reason why they shouldn't be making more games there's no reason why the source engine shouldn't be at the forefront of these engines that are being utilized today there's no reason for it you yeah. said the source engine and i was just like what the source who five oh, mics the oh. source <laughs> like, you said the source engine and i said nas dropped in the oh my god you took it to a throwback thursday like <laughs> <laughs> you, see, you that's about the source engine <laughs> 
Yeah. No, I didn't forget about it, but it's just been so pushed Lord out of your memory. Oh, like yeah. it's that's the dinosaur. For the record, <laughs> as a point of clarification, yes, I, yes, I like the Epic Store. Yes, I, I like the Discord Store. I, I'm I'm a fan of watching. I think somebody said uh, disruptive events. I I think that he <laughs> has for a long time gotten to sit on seventy thirty and gotten to sit there for a while. And I think they're doing the right thing by essentially holding back right now and saying, let's see what happens. Mm -hmm. But I, for one, love the fact that Epic is almost like the the nouveau riche has come in and just accidentally made 300 million a month (laughs) and now says, what are we going to do with this sack of money? And Mm -hmm. says, well, instead of hoarding it or doing something disreputable with it, let's start a game store because we think We've looked at the numbers and we can do it at 88 instead of 70 mm-hmm. and come at us, Valve. And I Straight think up. that benefits a lot of folks. The only people it really doesn't benefit is Valve. Yeah. Uh, and yep. to the extent that I don't have ownership interest in Valve, I think it's a great thing for everybody ultimately. Absolutely. But yeah, there's going to be a period of time mm-hmm. where there's a lot of stuff that is disruptive. People don't like it. People are uneasy. Mm-hmm. If I were marketing for Epic Store, I wouldn't necessarily have gone the direction of just signing exclusives. Mm-hmm. My, I would have tried to pass on a portion of the 18% as between developers and consumers, because I think if you can become the store that is selling the Steam $15 games for $13, which still gets the developer more money, I think if you become that place, then you're going to take over the market. Mm -hmm. But outside of the fact that I don't love exclusives, I think it's great that there are more and more entrants that have a real viable economic model to really create change in this environment. Absolutely right. agree. I mean, you completely nailed it. I want to go shout out actually Lord K Mega in the super chat. Thank you. So he said, GRG showing love to Iron Lords. Thank you. Much appreciated, sir. Definitely appreciate it. Hogue, you, you nailed it, man. I'm with you, man. I, I I think just the competition is great. I like how aggressive they're being. You know, they're not playing around, you know. And listen, like like Lord Maka said, money talks, man. More money. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That, that's what people want to hear, you know. So we saw Ashen over there. I've got that other game that's kind of like a Dead Cells thing. I've got the name of it off top. But um, it looks fantastic, to, and people are going over there. So we'll, we'll see how this plays out moving forward. If more people continue to kind of jump ship, it'll be interesting with Destiny as a Destiny fan to see what happens with that, you know, how aggressive, you know, Epic gets. And then uh, the way Epic is moving right now, you know, according to some news, you know, they apparently, you know, Unity has some argument with some other dev. And now, you know, Epic's encouraging developers away from Unity. So it's like Epic's got their hand in everything, right? <laughs> you know what my favorite part of that story was? Yeah. The, the, the part that came out that said that Tim Sweeney and Epic had only decided to do that that day. Yes. That they, that they read the articles and that yes. they got talked to by Insoluble. And they said, "Yeah, sure, let's do this. Let's just let's try to destroy Unity while we're at it." (laughs) Like how aggressive! But you gotta love it because at the end of the day, as a gamer, competition is good for us. You know, you love it until I mean, let's. I don't know how how old everybody is here. I'm old. Electronic Arts used to be the disruptor, right? When they started out, this was a group of developers that had to get away from the evil publisher because they weren't allowed to have credits in their games, et cetera, et cetera. Uh-huh. Everybody was on board, Electronic Arts and Pinball Maker and everything else. This is, again, I'm really old, so I apologize to your audience. But at that point, they were what Epic is right this second, even though Epic's been in the business a lot longer. And now they're electronic arts. Mm-hmm. So you got, you know, whatever that line is from the dark night does happen to folks. And so I think it's great <laughs> to be disruptive right now. But 
you know, Steam was was valuable. Shout out to Johan Zelviega. He said, "I'm telling you, Hogue likes to see the world burn." <laughs> I believe in creative destruction. Creative destruction. <laughs> oh man, this is a fantastic time. All right, we got two more. We got to fly through because we've got market here. I know. I don't know how long we got them too. Um, solve. Can we do a quick CSCAS roundup, sir? Yeah, so uh, last week we had uh, CES 2019. Um, and like every year, um, obviously, all the new tech that gets announced and talked about, um, you know, people get excited about. Um, yeah, I know we're all excited about, you know, the, the diaper monitors and the, the poop. <laughs> you know what I was really excited about? That Uber jet thing that they had. Like, yeah. it was the, the, the flying Uber car. Yeah, that the flying Uber, Uber car. You had the yeah. walking car that, that looks like Claptrap from a Borderlands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But uh, what I wanted to focus on was really what the, the technologies that were presented that I think are going to inform um, the console experience in the, in the coming generation, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and I decided to focus on three particular things, um, 8K, 5G, and of course, graphics improvements and by both NVIDIA and, uh, and AMD. So let's start with uh, 8K real quick. Like for 8K, all the major manufacturers talked about 8K in some way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. um, the thing about 8K at this point, right, it's still sort of a pipe dream. It's not there yet. Um, it's not, especially for, for, for mass consumption by the consumers. Mm -hmm. um, but by the time we look, we look at when these consoles, are, these new consoles are looking to launch, it sort of makes sense. Because I think when you talk about years ago when they tried to, um, when the entire industry tried to push us to like 3D TVs, right? Mm -hmm. And in the end, it came off like it was just a gimmick and it didn't really work. And it, and it, it crashed and burned very quickly. When they started focusing on 4K, that's a more viable upgrade that everyone can see that is it's something that 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 makes sense over the long term. And it isn't gimmicky. It doesn't require extra peripherals, anything like that. So I think 8K is, is in that same line where eventually 8K will be something that's viable for the mass consumer. Um, it's not there yet. But again, I think I think entertainment and movies in particular and and gaming are the ones that push that that narrative forward mm -hmm. and by 2020 2021 we start looking at these consoles i'm not saying we'll have 8k um 8, 8k compatibility in these consoles when they start but if you look at maybe a mid-gen refresh mm -hmm. of these next-gen consoles we could see some sort of uh 8k support so it's i think it's interesting that they started talking about that now um the next thing that I saw that's, that, that is, is the most obvious one, right, is all of the, uh, the graphics stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, NVIDIA is pushing their ray tracing. They're pushing their, uh, their uh, super sampling, their deep learning super sampling. Um, and they showed a lot of mobile processors. Uh, they showed the desktop processor, the RTX 2060. They mm. showed the mobile versions of these processors that are super powerful, that are basically in almost all laptops. Mm. Um, that are coming out within the next year, the year and a half. Um, so what's interesting about that, although we know NVIDIA isn't really, uh, they aren't the ones who are gonna be uh, making the tech for our future consoles. Um, Switch is built on Tegra um, mobile uh, sort of tech, um, stuff like that. So I, for me, it's just, what's interesting about NVIDIA is that they're taking a completely different track mm -hmm. than AMD. Usually NVIDIA comes out, they're the first ones to come out they always, they're very expensive, but they're the, at the forefront of, of whatever the newest tech is. And usually what happens is AMD comes up from behind, they make it cheaper, uh, more power efficient, and generally uh, in the same 
performance area as an as an Nvidia product for a considerably uh, lower price. What's happening that we're seeing now is that they're di for the first time in a long time they're diverging paths. Nvidia is really focusing on RTX and deep learning super sampling, whereas AMD with the with 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 the new Ryzen chips and with the Radeon Seven announcement, they're not focusing on that at all. They're they're all about pushing resolution. So again, 8K, and they're pushing frame rates. That's what they they're pushing performance above all of this other new stuff that Nvidia is pushing. And what's most interesting about that in the console spaces, AMD is working with both PlayStation and Xbox on these future consoles. So again, I don't think we were speculating way back. Uh, do we see ray tracing and any of that stuff in any of our consoles moving forward? Right. I don't know that we do see that stuff. Maybe mm -hmm. within the next eight years, maybe decade, because of these partnerships with AMD. Mm -hmm. And it's very right. resource intensive. So yeah, continue. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so uh, that's pretty interesting. And we saw Phil Spencer up on stage with the CEO of AMD talking about you know that that partnership. So I think it's 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 interesting to see because I don't think we see any of those bells and whistles that Nvidia is talking about in the console space, right? Mm -hmm. And then the next big thing that I saw was 5G, right? Mm -hmm. Obviously, 5G is 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 the next step in sort of wireless communication. Um, and they've been talking about uh, phones coming out this year, beginning, starting this year with 5G capabilities. Mm -hmm. I don't really see us having a, a big rollout of 5G until at least next year. Mm -hmm. But again, Microsoft has been talking about xCloud and, and how 5G is integral to that. Mm -hmm. um, and then we've been seeing more and more companies, uh, obviously I've 5G in terms of the, the phone and mobile space, the big guns there are coming out with 5G phones and, and starting to talk about their 5G networks and how they plan to implement this stuff. And then on the gaming side, we're seeing Google jumping in. We're right. seeing Amazon jumping in. Obviously, Microsoft at xCloud, Verizon jumping in. Yeah, what's that about? So 5G is the backbone to all of this. And again, I just think that the industry has shown us that they're all moving in that same direction. So this isn't a pipe dream. Anymore. This isn't Microsoft talking about pie in the sky. This is real. This is coming. And everybody's on board pretty much. Mm. So what do you guys think about this? Am I wrong? Am I, am I, am I reaching? What do you guys think? Let's get Maka. Maka, man, let me get you jump off. What you what do you think about all this stuff? Oh boy! All right, so let's start off this part with uh, you can direct your angry tweets at me uh, over on Twitter. <laughs> I'm about to say something controversial, and I'm probably gonna offend a lot of people. I've had this position for a very long time. I think resolution in gaming is wildly overrated, mm. and I think people put way too much time and effort into 4K, 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 mm. and counting the pixels on their monitor. In my opinion, uh, 4K gaming doesn't always make sense. Mm -hmm. If I analyze a scenario and I have a game running at 50%, mm -hmm. and that game, I have two options. I can go to 4K, or I can stay at 1080p and up the shadows and the textures and the frame rate and the performance and the particle effects and the fire. I'm choosing 1080p every single time. <laughs> And uh, I don't know, I, I, at some point we got this, the Xbox One X can do 4K and everyone kind of grabbed onto that. Right. And it's dope that it can do 4K. And if you have a 4K TV, I, I understand it looks phenomenal. Yes. Um, but I think this push to pixels is mm -hmm. not a good push. Mm -hmm. And I think people would be surprised to play games at 1080p or lower resolutions that are like completely maxed out. 
I think they would be surprised at how great that experience is compared to an experience where it's just more pixels. Mm -hmm. um, so with that being said, like pushing to 8K to me sounds like a terrible idea because <laughs> we can't even get 4K running at 30 <laughs> frames per second for a lot of the games coming out. Mm -hmm. um, I played the Resident Evil uh, demo on my PC. I played it in 1080p, but I maxed out all the graphical settings. And that game looked 10 times better than any 4K game I've ever played. Mm. So it's it's not as easy as more pixels means better. You can play an indie game. You can, I can make Tetris in 8K. Having more pixels for Tetris doesn't get me excited. You got to do things with the, 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 the power that's more than just pushing pixels onto the screen. And I think even playing games like Shadow of the Tomb Raider that have multiple settings, you can do 4K, you can do a frame rate, you can do like a texture kind of one. Switching between them, you might realize that 4K isn't always the best option. For some games, it is a fantastic option. And I'm very much a proponent of like driving the technologies to get us where we're going. And I'm not saying 4K gaming was a bad step or we should have never taken it. It's definitely a step we need to take. And I'm glad the Xbox One X is powerful enough to do 4K for those who want it. But at the same time, uh, I don't like pushing pixels onto the screen isn't always the most important thing, in my opinion. This right. is a this is something I touted a lot back in the TXR days. Everyone was just so focused on pixels, pixels, pixels. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, man, like AK gaming, I think we're getting ahead of ourselves. Wow. AK gaming is four times more than 4K gaming. Mm -hmm. uh, and 4K gaming is not something we can really do that well either. A lot of the people who have, you know, PCs that cost $10,000, they're still playing in 1440p because it doesn't always make sense to just drive more pixels to the screen. I Nonetheless, uh -oh. I digress. Um, <laughs> Look, man, I don't know. Uh, when I'm given the option, I always go for like the higher textures and the, and the particles and, and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, and the frame rates, most importantly, over just pushing pixels to my screen. Um, but, you know, everyone's different and everyone enjoys different aspects of the game of, of games. And uh, I don't think we should be thinking about 8K yet uh, personally, but it's always cool to see like CES like thinking way ahead of the curve. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that that's what it comes down to, right? Thinking way ahead of the curve and then thinking about what in advances in tech can we show off to push the product in a way that makes it, you can see the differences, right? And so you can sell it to the average consumer. The gamer, like you said, the gamer may care more about 1080p, 60 frames per second or 120 frames per second. Mm -hmm. The average consumer that they're also trying to sell this 8K TV to only wants to see how pretty it is, right? So it's just one of those things where I think it's it, it's it's a type of advancement in tech that shows well, right? Well, let, let me say something that I love personally that, that not many people I, I think have really talked about uh, that might be just unique to me. So apologies going in. But one of the things that I really liked in the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One era was I really loved the crossover generation games. I really think that developers in video games tend to push things as far as possible until you wind up in 25 to 30 frames land. Mm -hmm. And so since that was where they were pushing things to get it on the PlayStation 3 and the Xbox 360 working correctly, I think that that made the, the, the resolution, the graphics, the performance, all the more solid and, and better at the higher generational level. So I love those crossovers. Um, and I agree in terms of resolution isn't the be all and end all. I tend to lean towards resolution over uh, frame rate in things like God of War. Uh, but um, 
<laughs> the one place where I really would love to see resolutional uh, increases is in the VR goggles. I heard you reference Tetris, but if you gave me an 8K virtual reality Tetris effect <laughs> right now, you might not ever see me again. <laughs> you. you living your best life? I, I, that, that game makes me, I, you have a long day. You're fighting with people on the phone. They're telling you you're terrible at your jobs, which is the day of the lawyer. So, you know, don't go to law school, kids. Uh, is you, you, you get back, you put on Tetris Effect, you listen to some cool tunes. If that was at just slightly higher resolution, I think that that would be the, the perfect game. Mm, fair enough, fair enough. Lord King, you're a very premium gamer. So, uh, and I just paid 10000 for my television. I'm not buying all the television. So, they're going to throw that right in the bushes. That 8K stuff is in the garbage. You want the fruit roll up television? Uh, I, don't, I don't care. I don't care nothing about that. That's a trade show. Let them trade their stuff. Um, they're, they're showing you what's going to be viable years down the line. Listen, half the people that that play video games, y'all playing on simples and basic systems. I know you do. All right? So half of y'all don't have Same in the game. No, 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 no. I told you well, this is the year we're going to keep it fair. And that's it right there. So listen, y'all y'all didn't even upgrade past 10. Y'all still rocking 720 televisions and looking at Digital Foundry like, I can't believe Xbox can't do 1080p. Shut up. Like, I'm real sick and tired of the, the bougie behavior. Now, the only thing that I walked away from the trade show with was uh, the 5G. Mm. Now, the 5G thing, that's going to hit your wallet. Mm -hmm. Remember when 2G was a thing? And then y'all went to 4G, and then you, your bill went up. Your bill gonna go up again, bro. Like, <laughs> soon your bill's gonna look like a car note. <laughs> All right, and I want you to understand you will have a Lexus in your on your phone, your phone will become a Lexus. All right, y'all are in so much trouble. Step your job game up. That step your job game up. You better become like Hope and become that lawyer so <laughs> that, that money can come around. Listen, I'm trust me, I know y'all not gaming on 4K televisions. Half of y'all are gaming on them TCL televisions that's in Best Buy that was on Black Friday. Wow. No, no, no. Let's let's keep it a hundred percent real. Because he said 8K, and they was like, yeah, you know, 8K. No, you're not. You're not. <laughs> All right? Let's, let's listen. The more, the thing that's really going to affect us, and as far as streaming, because you want to get these streaming boxes and stuff like that for these next uh, consoles uh, from these companies like Verizon and Amazon and Microsoft and Sony as well, um, is the 5G. 5G is that's actually what's going to allow us to um, stream in a, and it, so you don't see the difference from disc to um, streaming. So that is more what we should be gearing ourselves up for, uh, what we should be saving our bucks for, what we should be looking out for. That AK gaming, please, listen, no, that's not a thing. It's, it's uh, you, yeah. you see the problem that your systems are having now trying right. to push the, the 4K uh, mm -hmm. 30 frames per second and you see the frames dropping and mm -hmm. sometimes you can get up to, uh, what, the 1440p. Mm -hmm. um, I think the sweet spot in gaming should be 1440p 60 frames per second with all effects mm -hmm. on. I'm with that. I'm with that. Okay. And that should be what they should target. These next systems, 
shouldn't be targeting no AK. Don't please don't do that. Yeah. Um, and don't target something that's not realistic. Let's have a a, a better gaming experience. Right. Uh, let's let's push for that. I'm with I'm I'm, I'm with Mark on this. Let's 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 push for a better gaming experience mm. opposed to pushing pixels right. that is not realistic. Now for you, King, and I'll double down and move on. Um, yeah, man, it's just one of those things that obviously when you hear all this news and stuff like that, I'm a I'm a big time techie, so I love when CES comes around. You get to hear all the stuff, so I go to solve and say, hey, what happened? You know that kind of deal. And you know the things that I took from it, you know, AK to me, you know, they're trying to be ahead of the curve. At the end of the day, I don't think it's ready to be implemented in any fashion just yet. Um, as far as gaming is concerned, again, I agree with Mark in the sense that I I don't. I don't fault them for pushing 4K with the Xbox One X, but as we know, there's not a ton of 4K 60 games, right? We got to be real about that. There's mostly, it's mostly in that 4K 30 range. And a lot of it just comes down to it being, you know, CPU holding it back. So all I really care about with the next generation of consoles is that 4K 60 sweet spot and the CPUs are buffed up from the current Jaguar chipset that's in the um the Xbox One X. So to me, that is the pinnacle that I need. You know what I'm saying? I don't really need to see anything else outside of that. If they're able to implement ray tracing, great. But I've heard, you know, shout out to Lord Brad Sands, a couple other people have said that this is very, very intensive. And they may look at that trade-off and say that that's not worth it right now at this stage of the gen. And the other thing I just want to say in reference to the AMD keynote, obviously we saw Phil come on stage. So we can pretty much guess off right you know that partnership is going to continue as far as the on anaconda the next generation of consoles and whatever like, it comes beyond yeah exactly so that to me when i see phil on stage he's just inferring that you know this partnership is going to continue and then we know sony's in the building and real quick us off did we hear about that whole you know amd created navi for sony playstation 5 bit yeah i mean there's this talk about uh, around that uh basically saying that uh yeah higher upset at amd were not happy with ryzen and and it came from the fact that basically the a team was pulled to work on navi specifically yes. for sony and the next generation playstation so we don't know how true uh this is and i guess we won't have any point of comparison until we have an idea what microsoft uh has in its box or what sony has in their box so you know it's all speculation but it's it's fun to talk about nonetheless <laughs> the one the one thing i'll add about 5g is like it's pricing and marketing strategy is going to be right. super simple it's going to just be 5g for 5g's on a two-year <laughs> <laughs> on a two-year contract that's condo that little king to I, I will admit though 5g is probably the thing i'm most excited for mm -hmm. because expect obviously you know xbox I, i'm very curious about the project x cloud initiative i think if they are able to lock that in i've sent this many ilps if they're able to lock that in if they're able to prove that that technology is viable and hit those markets that traditionally cannot get an xbox console in and they use mobile they use the tvs and if 5g is part of that equation and giving us less than low latency experiences with these azure server forms man this could be exciting you know yeah. so that's one thing i'm very curious about you know and to see how that works and they're saying right now like on 3g and 4g that they're kind of confident at the current state so yeah. it'll be interesting to see i don't know how you guys feel about that lord Holger about the old and uh, lord maka about the whole uh 5g and in reference to uh project x cloud well, i actually haven't heard anything about it Oh, okay, well, I'm glad to inform you. <laughs> so, yeah, good. Chris, Christopher Hart, man. Um, mm -hmm. bless your heart. 
We go. You know, you know, we'll get to him because he's laughing. We you know it. when when somebody <laughs> says "bless your heart," they're about to say something to you. Right, right? I'm, gonna oh. it, I'm gonna give it to you, kid. Let me let me let me just, yeah, just, just laugh. Mm-hmm. We go late again. Soft. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Let me close out real quick. uh, Shout out to Sammy Prescott in the chat because you mentioned uh, something that I I I looked over. Uh, Yeah, another big thing is HDMI 2.1. There's going to be a a lot of TVs, 4K TVs coming out now with uh, HDMI 2.1 support, and obviously the increased bandwidth uh, is going to help with uh, basically, you know, improving uh, colors and and again improving the size of. of the throughput of, yeah. of HDMI, so that's that's interesting. And another thing that I forgot to mention, mm-hmm. um, what the heck was the other thing? Well, let me just talk real quickly. The Ali- Alienware's OLED gaming monitor, HDMI two point one, four K at one twenty hertz. That is my. <laughs> <laughs> that's yours. You that, like, that's what I want. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you for your your wish list. And they hit up the Iron Bank for his monitor. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, final time. We got to go, man. We we were killing this thing. Um, all right. We all know the Sony success numbers have come out. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> last but not least, you know, we'll do it real quick, man. Tremendous success. 91.6 million PlayStation 4s have been sold worldwide. How, how is that possible? There's only 7 million people. Sorry, I had to. I know, I know. That was a good troll. That was a good troll. <laughs> it means the console has shipped 10 million units since the last update in July, 18 million over the past 12 months. And then obviously to Lord King's happiness, the PS4 exclusive of Christmas was Spider-Man. With <laughs> more than nine million copies as Game of the year 25th, 2018. Much to Lord Addict's chagrin. I'm sad he cannot be here to hear. <laughs> yeah. Lord, Lord Hogan, Lord Mark, and there was a bet between Lord King and Lord Addict in reference to how so much I'm wearing the red. And we have a segment called Bend the Knee. And Lord was forced to bend the knee on camera as a result of him losing the bet. <laughs> so, and the last thing, obviously, uh, PlayStation Network, they continued to announce that they had uh, tremendous growth, surpassing 90 million active Ooh. at the end of November 2018. So, Lord King, I'm going to start this with you. Thank um, you. I have a lot to say about these matters, and then we'll credit to the panel and get out of here. What do you feel about these uh, Sony announcements? Christopher, bless your heart. Um, <laughs> you go. know, when we go to the next uh, generation, you start from zero, right? So that 91 <laughs> is not going anywhere with you, bro. Get out of the door. So all that you talk about, they got the masses. They don't have anything. They go to the store with zero, zero. Both of them walk in with goose eggs. So you got hope, brother, and hope is what you need. All right, now. Back to facts, brass tacks. They they are out here selling, and they they did it. They uh, appealed it to the cheap gamer. They appealed to the to, to the wallet conscious dude who walked in and he had four hundred dollars, and it was a five hundred dollar console. He said, "I'm going to go with the four hundred dollars." Okay, so we all know that's where it went down. With uh, y'all can say bad messaging. We're gonna go with cheap gamer. Um, that's what I'm gonna go with. Um, and I understand if Microsoft was at the same price, maybe that would have happened because they had more games. Who cares, right? Who you think really some cares? people were, were uncomfortable maybe with the camera facing them at all times? <laughs> Yo, you know, 
that was a troll that they put inside. The, you know how you tweet so and the stuff starts spreading like wildfire. Like, like tomorrow you're going to find out that mm -hmm. Activision is under investigation for fraud. Oh, wait a second. And Bungie got out at the right time. That's not real. Hulk just broke it down to you exactly what it was. It was some minor thing. And stuff gets blown out of proportion. It's cool. We don't play sales figures or numbers. None of us here are on Sony's board, as far as I know. Um, I didn't get a check yet at all. So all we're doing is marketing their stuff, and that's great. Um, listen, I hire them. All right. So when I go purchase a game, I'm putting them to work. If they do not perform in my house, they get out. Ask Cognito, he purchased one of my pros from me. Okay. True. You didn't perform. You get but, the hell but out. But only one of them. Only one of them. Only one. Yeah. You <laughs> only one. Okay. I had three. Yeah. I, I brought three. Premium one had to go. Experience this guy. <laughs> Continue, game. No, it's just I get so. What every week we got to hear? Oh, uh, this week we sold two hundred mil, and then they, their fan base is like, ah! <laughs> just like uh, um, Marcus said, he doesn't care who buy trials. Trials is coming out in February, and he's going to buy Trials, and he's going to enjoy Trials. Gaming is a very selfish experience until you go into multiplayer stuff. Mm -hmm. We don't really care mm -hmm. where we get our games from. I could play on a toilet bowl literally with two controllers. <laughs> literally, it could be a toilet bowl, and I did with the Jaguar CD. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, it looked just like a toilet bowl. Did. We did not care. So please, would y'all stop with this, you know, uh, holding down the fort. There's no fort to hold down. You're just being cheap and you just didn't buy another system. That's all. <laughs> all right. Your financial situation dictates your dedication. That's mm. it. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. So you try to say, King, that if in a perfect world, if uh, gamers had the resources to attain both, that things would be different, and you think this kept, this comes down to a purely financial situation? Yes. <laughs> oh my god! Obviously, everybody probably on this panel right now have multiple uh, ways to game, especially mm -hmm. through your cell phones. Mm -hmm. You know, so um, we upgrade our cell phones to play a better version of Tetris. Um, <laughs> AK Tetris, <laughs> right? Exactly. So, but we mm -hmm. we love games. So we're gonna play all over the place. Mm -hmm. Financially, you like 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 Maka said, when your friend had a system, mm -hmm. you too had that system back in the days because we didn't have the resources to purchase multiple systems. As you got older, mm -hmm. you purchased multiple systems because you didn't want to go over to his, you know, his house and wait for him to pass you the controller. No. So no, man, it's financial situations dictate that dedication to whatever uh systems mm -hmm. that you are loyal to at the moment. Fair enough. Lord Hogue, uh, want to talk about Sony's success real quick. How did you feel about the news? Well, I think it's great that anybody has a success at any point in the industry. I agree with King on this insofar as I do think that in a perfect world, everybody would have everything and there wouldn't be this console war type situation. Yeah. I think from a historical perspective, what I worry about with Sony is that at least for about three rounds of generations now, we've had essentially the winner uh, completely fall on their face with what they plan for the generation following their big win. The conspiracy um, and uh, point. He says, uh, what, "What's your what's your terminology, saw With the next, 
what they they always oh. find a way to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory and trip them, <laughs> and trip over themselves in a way that makes absolutely no sense. Like, yeah, I mean, I think they get haughty. So I think I think seven years or however long the generation lasts mm. is just enough time for these brands, whether it's Microsoft or whether it's Sony or whether it's even Nintendo to some extent with the Wii, to kind of believe their own press clippings and believe that people just love them for them and not for whatever their product offering is, and then release something crazy like the PlayStation 3 or the initial press conference for the Xbox One, which had whatever the 600 references to television. And that I, I think that if I had any concern right now, it's that Sony touting all this stuff saying we're skipping E3. Here's the mm. three where you're going to travel through a church and we're going to show you nothing. <laughs> I was there. I was there. It was, it was amazing. No one knew what the hell was going on. <laughs> and, and all this stuff seems to suggest to me that maybe they're getting back into their haughty phase. And mm. does that PlayStation five suddenly have a, a, a hologram person that talks to you that makes it cost $800 and things that people don't want versus what Microsoft's doing. And I, I always really like the underdog or the person without that market position. Mm-hmm. You know, their backward compatibility initiative has been utterly unbelievable how fantastic it's been. Well, and that's that's really cool to see that innovation where they're in the where the Xbox One was so vastly underpowered mm-hmm. that it's great to see the X out there doing great things. That's where I play the majority of my games right now to see that backward compatibility. And I, my instinct is that the Xbox, what I'm, what I presently think is going to be called the Xbox Infinite, comes out that it's going to be what everybody wants versus the PlayStation Five, which is maybe going to have some of that old Sony uh, gristle on it. It's 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 their turn to mess up. So yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Um, I'm mean, sorry, Lord Hogue. Um, I would not put it past them. Mm-hmm. And then there are certain things that come out again. Rumor mill stuff that uh, I think Cognito sent me a link to this. Is his name Brad Sams? Yeah, Brad Sams. Uh, yes. Brad Sams was talk was talking about a uh, speculation about the RAM that's going to be in the PS5, and mm-hmm. he he's hearing 16 gigabytes of GDDR6 RAM, which <laughs> at this point at this point is super expensive right. and does not put that console in anywhere near the $400 range. Mind mm-hmm. you, the system's probably aren't coming out to 2020, so there could be a reduction in price by then. Right. But we're talking. We're, they're not looking at trying, I, at least from if that speculation is true, mm-hmm. they're not looking to give you a, bu- a budget conscious console. Mm-hmm. In addition to that, like what you were saying, like, you know, some having some sort of like a, like some mm-hmm. sort of person in the console talking to you, whatever, some sort of weird technology that nobody wants. Right. He also indicated that eight gigabytes of that RAM would be allocated solely to the function of the OS, which is irregular and high for just the function of the OS. So what he's thinking is that there is some sort of underlying thing that's taking up all of that RAM that isn't necessarily just to, to run the normal day to day stuff that you, with do you do you think do you think in, in conjunction the, the rumor is that uh, again who know how true PS now yeah as far as virtual reality inclusion and things of that name PSVR yeah you know? I mean again I think it would be a big mistake to try to force VR on people I don't, <laughs> I think that's a, that would be a total bonehead move um, yeah that's a connect you know, type mistake and that I'm saying that as someone who absolutely adores VR mm-hmm. uh, that yeah if you force it you get that extra expensive uh, console in the box and then suddenly everybody's playing xbox so that's exactly the kind of thing that i would expect from sony's playstation 5 so 
There you go. Guys, it's their turn. It's their turn. Listen, let me tell before I give it to Baca because I go and drive me crazy. Oh, uh, yeah. Listen, at the end of the day, you know, I hear what you guys are saying. They have to. They have to have caution in terms of their hubris, right? You know, obviously they have dominated. <laughs> you know, and it's just, you know, it's one of those things, man, where it's just like you do watch them. You, I am concerned that they skipped E3 entirely. I am concerned that it's almost it's going to go about like 12 months or whatever it's going to be without any type of show for their base. You know, there's no they skip PSX, you know, they, they skip, you know, another show, you know, I don't know if Gamescom's whatever it was. And, um, you know, you, you just you want to do something to invigorate your base so that they know. Now, the vibe that I get is obviously, like Lord Maka said, you know, last year's show that, you know, even though the titles were impressive, you know, the setup could use a little work. There was only four games that they've kind of showed, you know, repeated times in the past. So the, the consensus is they didn't have a lot to show. So it just seems that, you know, maybe a lot of this stuff is in between, you know, the end of the PS4 generation, but yet not ready to show us the games that in, in theory will be on PS5. So at the end of the day, we have to admit, though, they do have the mind share coming into the generation. And, you know, obviously this success is, is tremendous. I mean, Spider-Man, I didn't even see that coming, to be honest. I mean, I knew it would be successful. I, I My heart was saying King was going to win that bet, you know, with Attic. But at the I didn't think this successful. You know what I'm saying? Like that to me, nine million, that's insane. You know, that's that that, that two hundred dollar bundle was the the bundle oh, of the Christmas. So I mean yes. I think it really sold a lot of Spider-Man. Absolutely, completely agree. So that's what I got. A little mock I'll let you end this thing up so we can get out of here. What do, what do you think about Sony's success and you know moving forward? Yeah, I'll try not to go too long. Um, it's great that Sony's doing great. I think uh, a lot of it does have to do with that $100 price difference when they first came out. A lot of it has to do with the Kinect being, uh, you know, adding to the price of the Xbox and making the Xbox the less sexy option because it was more expensive but also less powerful. I think at the beginning, uh, Xbox shot themselves in the foot with the messaging and the DRM. I think that was the, the biggest thing is Xbox not knowing how to message things. Um, but like... Right now, you know, Sony Sony's doing great. The Xbox, it, I, I fat. I don't really have many comments. Like I think it ebbs and it flows, and I think next generation we could see the opposite, and then the generation after that we'll see the opposite again. And they're they're gonna kind of go back and forth. We'll see. I do. Always, I my biggest kind of takeaway was just it was very interesting to me to see like Sony be like ninety one million, and then Xbox goes. Two billion zombies were shot in space. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you, Maka. Let's keep it real, though. Let's keep it real. Don't, don't, you think, don't you think that that has to do with, at some point, if you're not winning the FPD every month? Oh, no, no, no. They, it's the right thing to do. Yeah. But I'm just saying it's interesting to see the difference of approach. Absolutely. I agree with you. Um, I agree with you. So, yeah. <laughs> No doubt, man. Thank you for the input. But no, no, no. Xbox is killing it. Backwards compat's dope. Like, Xbox Game Pass is legit, like, changing the world of gaming. Uh, there's a lot of really great reasons. Like, Xbox has been slowly winning back the confidence of consumers. Mm -hmm. And I think when people go to make their next purchase, they're going to think about all the things Xbox has been doing properly in the last couple months or years even. And then they'll also think about maybe the not-so-cool things Sony's kind of been doing. And I think we'll see more people... Uh, give like a good consideration to Xbox the next uh, generation. 
no doubt. Game, Game Pass is amazing. I mean, one thing I would add to that is that you know, I was setting up my father, who mm -hmm. is obviously older than me, on an Xbox for Christmas, mm -hmm. and he was he had such warm feelings towards. I said, "Hey, just get this Game Pass because you're going to be set up with however many games you want to try out," mm -hmm. and he had such warm feelings towards what that was uh, <laughs> that it. You talk about mindshare. There are people that are maybe not as as uh, hobbyist gamers as we are that are getting in there, buying an Xbox One, and saying, "Oh, I can just get this thing. I can try out all these different experiences and feel really good about Microsoft way giving way more value than the price of that license." Uh, and I really think that's working out for them, certainly on the margins, and certainly maybe among the core as well. Mm -hmm. I, I agree, man. I think I think that is uh could be one of the secret weapons, and we know for sure that they are definitely pushing hard with Game Pass, especially with Project X Cloud, a lot, a lot of other initiatives that they got going on. So it'll be interesting to see, man. This is good stuff. Shout out to Kiss Move in the chat. He said uh, he blames social media 2017 and scale bound for Xbox issues. <laughs> Go for it. Well, let's get out of here, man. That's the ILP poll this week with the recent announcement of Bungie parting ways from Activision and assuming full publishing rights of the Destiny franchise, what do you think is the best course of action for Bungie moving forward? The choices are, A, remain independent and multi-plat, control your own destiny. B, hey girl, it's Phil and Microsoft Online One for you. Let's get back together. <laughs> or C, change your heart. Sony's 91 million will have us out here living our best life. <laughs> Epic needs to be on that list. <laughs> I, might Epic, I might throw Epic in there too. That is the question. Those are the choices. Please rock the ILP dating game poll as it goes out. Lord Maka, Lord Hogue, an absolute pleasure to have both of you in the realm. Last minute, much appreciated. Let's start off with Lord Maka, man. Tremendous, tremendous gaming history and tremendous content and game reviews. Where can the fine people find you? Yo, thank you so much for having me. Uh, one thing before I get into my self promo, mm -hmm. if you want to like support Xbox, the community and stuff, there's a huge Halo tournament happening today. It's actually a Halo 3 tournament, and there will be tens of thousands of people watching a Halo 3 tournament in 2019 that's pretty dope oh. twitch.tv slash ugc it's called the halo classic mm -hmm. i'm gonna be watching it tonight and you should too Twitch. not not sponsored by any means i just really like halo well, as for me <laughs> you can catch me at youtube.com slash mac 91 productions twitch.tv slash mac 91 productions or on twitter at P Maca 1991 couldn't find a better handle than that. Um, I make game guides, walkthroughs, tutorials, achievement guides, trophy guides, and the likes. I recently put out a video on After Charge, which is recently on Game Pass. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for having me. Dude, Maka, man, when I see you, the first round's on me. Hopefully, I see you again at E3. And uh, keep doing what you're doing. Please subscribe to this man's channel. He's doing tremendous work. This is the achievement guide and walkthrough king. Like, if you want to learn how to get something in collectibles, this guy is your man, as well as great reviews. And he's been doing it a long time. Please subscribe to this guy. It's a pleasure to have you in the room. Hopefully, we get you back on soon. Thanks for having me. Lord Hogue, the Lord of virtual legality, dropping gems and knowledge all throughout the podcast. The chat was enamored with you. Lord Hogue, where can the fine people find you? And what do you have going on next? Yeah, well, um, <clears throat> and I apologize that my voice is just about done, so I'm glad we're wrapping up. <laughs> the, um, uh, I started a YouTube channel uh, this last year where I do a little bit of uh, legality, a little bit of virtual, 
uh, to talk about stuff like video games, talk about software, and talk about the business side of the industry as well. So my most recent video was on the Bungie Activision split. The videos I had before that talked extensively about the Star Control Origins and DMCA kerfuffle, mm. uh, which is a legal technical term. Mm -hmm. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at Hoaglaw, H-O-E-G-L-A-W, uh, mm -hmm. on YouTube under the same, my website, my blog. They're all under the same. It's all Hoaglaw. Thankfully, I have a, a, an odd enough name that I could get that in all, all major locations. But I love talking about this stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, and obviously, I, uh, I like to share what I know from a legal and business side of things. Absolutely, man. Continue to do what you're doing. I mean, it's tremendous work. And it, it's really a service to gamers to really understand the legal aspects of it. And your, your experience in corporate law has been absolutely tremendous. And it is an honor to have you in here discussing these things in the realm of the Lord. So thank well, you. Well, thanks for having me. Absolute pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Lord Solve, where can I find people find you? Because we know Lord Hogue, I mean, Lord, uh, actually Lord Addict, you know, I lost some power today. <laughs> so we got to jump straight into you. But uh, yeah, where can I find people find you? What you got going on? Uh, first of all, big shout out to Lord Hogue and, and Lord Maka. Um, one o'clock came and things were uh, kind of touch and go, man. Like <laughs> our cameras weren't working. We didn't know where you guys were. Yeah. It, it looked like it was going to be a train wreck of a show, and you guys came through it absolutely. Save the day for us. Thank you so much, guys, for coming through. Um, beyond that, you guys can find me on Twitter, Lord Sav ILP, and on PSN and Xbox Live, uh, BX Sovereign. Real quick, we have a quick reroll. Uh, shout out to Lord Snaldo for graciously uh, paying forward his uh, Teespring wing win. So. I'm going to do that really quickly. And he didn't, he didn't want us to see him in the leggings. He's a big boy. He ain't like that. <laughs> so real quick, <laughs> the new winner of the Teespring giveaway is Lord Death Singer. Wow. Oh, Lord wow. Death Singer in the leggings. Shout out to UK's finest. <laughs> the UK's finest Death Singer. You'll probably receive your Teespring thing by like January, by January next year or something like that. <laughs> when you're jogging past the pub, make sure you got them leggings on. Good to you, so. That's no. it for me, man. Thank you, guys. No doubt. Absolutely. Lord King, man. Absolute pleasure you out here doing doing what you do. <laughs> <laughs> I like to say thank you to our wonderful guests uh, mm -hmm. that were on today. Hold his family, uh, Maka, yo, fantastic! I love the energy and 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 bloody, bloody. Let's get that switch I'm mic up. Let's fix that. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I think you. he was in the car. <laughs> he begged me to get on this side. He's like, please, God. I said, gotta be quick, man. It's a long show. Hey, no, LA don't have real 4G. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, listen, uh, we're moving forward. A whole lot of stuff, a lot of information is gonna come out, and uh, we're gearing up for packs, uh, as you saw from the beginning of the intro of the show. Um, so we should be uh, have our sea legs under us this pack. So this pack is going to go a little bit different. All the information is going to be out there. The website that you heard from the beginning uh, is going to be up with a whole lot of information and stuff. And we're excited in this new uh, 2019 and going forward uh, with all the stuff that we got for you guys. So um, we do appreciate everybody that came through. Um, and he, yo, Chris, you know, I love you. So don't worry <laughs> about it, bro. Fanboy out. You guys are 
Chris. Yeah, again, again, shout out to Lord Maka, shout out to Lord Hogue. Um, I mean, please hit that like, subscribe, you know, the whole thing. Notification gang, y'all. Need notification gang. I need y'all to hit that. That would be appreciated. And obviously, the ILP audio will be going up later tonight. You should catch us on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, SoundCloud, and Google Play, and all that good stuff. So um, check that out. And also, um, as you already know, Lordy Bondis and I are Destiny Show. We have the rebrand. We are the last word. So thanks to Lord Hogue for helping us out with that. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I voted for two guys, one shell. Oh, <laughs> Thank God the voters didn't vote that. <laughs> you know what I'm but, uh, yeah, but we, got it. we got an episode up. We actually go a little bit in depth as well as far as the split. And uh, we will continue moving forward with that. And uh, like, like uh, Lord King said, we got a lot of things, special things planned for you guys. I'm super excited. Cannot wait to announce. Also, stay tuned for episode 100 when that comes because that's going to be super special. But everyone, that's it. I've ran on long enough. Enjoy your Sunday. Oh, Lomaka's got it in there. Let me show that. Yep. Lord, twitch.tv slash UGC. That's the Halo 3 toilet, right, Lomaka? 8,000 people watching, and it's not even close to the finals. That's what's up. Get in there. My Get best uh, Halo game is Halo Reach. Uh, shout out to Kitsman. No, 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 no. Halo Reach. no. He said, no. <laughs> not going to let you finish. <laughs> He did the Kanye Kanye on you. <laughs> he stepped in my mic. He was like, no, no, no. no, uh, no. <laughs> Enjoy your Sunday. Hey, see you later. Peace. Thanks again.